I feel a lot of, of immense pressure after John Forrest's. You know. Don't. Wait, hold on. Please no, don't act like that. In the middle of your interview, Amy, you need to go, oh, look, a squirrel. Yeah, right? <laughs> what are we talking about? Hey, everybody, it's Dale Jr. for the Dale Jr. Download. Got a good show today, Mike. Yes. My co host, uh, Matthew Dillner, Lee are here. Also coming in is my wife, Amy. We're going to talk about the Kentucky Derby. Yes. I had a great experience there. We also have Josh Berry coming in, our late mile driver, who had a great victory this weekend in a very interesting race at Ace Speedway. So, going to be a good show. Let's get started. All right, so um, we talked about it. My wife's here, Amy. So this past weekend, was it the weekend? Yeah. yeah My it days was, it was the weekend. So this past weekend. <laughs> on Saturday. It was Saturday. All right, so that's one thing. All right, the Derby on Saturday. Doesn't it feel like it should be on Sunday? Wasn't it on Sunday? No, I it's always like, been on Saturday. Has it? It yeah. did feel like yeah. a Sunday, though. I feel like I remember. Maybe it's because uh, every time I've watched it, it's usually been in the holler of, a, of, of, of the race for the race team. In, in between practices or yeah. something like that, and we're always trying to hustle in from a practice to watch it or or having to miss part of it because of a practice. But anyways, I've never been to the Kentucky Derby. And because of uh, this awesome new job that I have, NBC's been sending me uh, all over to all kinds of cool things. <laughs> the world's too Yeah. And, um, you know, I really never thought about it until I sat down. We've been to the uh, Super Bowl for the first time, went to the Winter Olympics, Mike. Yeah. Uh, we went together to uh, South Korea. We'd never go to South Korea, right? I, I don't think we'd ever been, and I don't think we had that any intention of going. Yeah, that nope, wasn't on the on calendar this year. Nope. And so <laughs> we uh, and we and we got sent to the Kentucky Derby. But um, my wife Amy, who's here with us today uh, to help us talk about this experience, uh, went to the Kentucky Derby last year, right? It was like five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah, yeah I remember she left Holy Talladega. Cow. I came to Talladega and watched you race on Sunday. Five years ago. It's yeah. been that long. Yeah. Oh my, my hair gosh. was black, too. Do you not remember? It was, it's been that long ago. I know, but dang, it just seems like two years ago. Yeah, maybe. no, it's been a while. Holy cow. So five years ago, <laughs> well, you went five years ago, and you loved it. Yeah, right? so much fun. Um, and you you're like, we got to go, we got to go. Mm-hmm. I was going this year for the first time, but I'm working. So, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing it, true, but at the same time, I'm... I'm working. We'll talk a little bit about what the difference is there. Um, but it was amazing, man. And, and just like Amy said, it was incredible. The I, energy there is pretty crazy. Yeah, and we talk about the energy at NASCAR races and, and yeah. every the Super Bowl. Every, everything has its own kind of feel and culture. And, and the Kentucky Derby culture is definitely uh, loud and proud. Yeah. It is there and evident. I mean, it, 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 and uh, one of the things that I noticed right away was when we got there, a couple of the people uh, coming in were, I guess, locals, and they're like, uh, "Welcome, welcome to Kentucky." That's hope, right. You know, happy Derby Day. Is happy what she Derby Day. Us, yeah. And and this one guy goes, "I hope 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 Kentucky treats you well." Yeah. And the 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 hospitality, I guess, That's right. was one of the first things that I noticed mm-hmm. uh, from a lot of people that are there. Uh, they're happy that you're there. Yeah. Ha- happy Derby Day is a thing people say right away. Really? And, yeah. Oh yeah. They're shouting it to you as soon as you. But walk that's in cool. Up. It's not like Daytona Day. It's it's cool. It's bad. I guess it's maybe that's where Daytona Day got there. They ripped it off from them. But yeah. I think the I think the Happy Derby Day's been around. It, it you know that's another thing. Like you can't make stuff up. Like that this stuff has to happen naturally. Organically, organically and naturally. Right. And I believe that one did. And uh, anyways, 
just a really great day. Um, we'll talk a little bit to Amy about what what it's it's it's, it's it, the one thing about it is is it's for everyone, mm-hmm. um, male and female. There's a there's there's just as many women there excited about what's happening, maybe even more. Right, because of the fashion. Because of the yeah. fashion, and yeah. so. And they get into the the what's happening. You know, you're into the race, right? Um, everybody's into the race. Well, horse racing's a lot easier to understand than football. You yeah. know what I mean? There's a lot less to <laughs> analyze and one. pay attention to. Everybody gets it. You start, you finish, you're going in a circle. Right. It's Pretty easy much. to follow. And straightforward. Until we realize we have to learn what the disqualification oh. rules well, are. exactly. But didn't know that existed, but anyway, we can get to that in a second. Yeah. But, but yeah. But so it's pretty simple, yeah. It is incredible. We got, we got there... Um, walk into the talent trailer. Von Miller's there. Got to meet Von Miller. Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, nice guy. Um, he's there doing some work with NBC as well. I got to work with Rutt all day long. So I'm nervous. I'm going into the Kentucky Derby. To, to I've never been. I'm gonna, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what NBC's going to want me to talk about. So I, Amy's been dealing with me being a nervous wreck for two, two, two or three weeks. I keep waiting for one of these days for him not to get nervous when he goes to do something. Well, now, tell, but, but tell us real quick, what were two weeks leading into the Kentucky Derby like with him? <laughs> well, we had a lot going on, but he's just... Hmm, how do I put this nicely? <laughs> you, you don't have to be nice. This is where, <laughs> this is where you can be honest. Oh, he was, you know, whiny, worried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, just because, because of the need, clothes? need to have the conversation every day. Is this going to go well? Yeah. I'm just so nervous. Yes, taking him shopping. I waited till the last possible day to do that because he hates to go shopping. For the most part, we have to drive down to Charlotte, which sitting in traffic is no fun. And usually shopping with him doesn't take that long, but he gets it built up in his mind like it's going to be this huge, horrible task. So we get to... No, no. So I'm not worried that it's going to be a horrible task. I'm really nervous that we're not going to hit it out of the park. We always do. Well, that's kind of the same thing. Like You're yeah. just worried about the whole experience going bad. Yeah, because everybody's so critical. And if you screw it up... Well, and on top of that, I don't know if Amy said this to you, but she said it to me at the party, and she was <laughs> like... Listen, if y'all are going to the Kentucky Derby with me, you know, you're not going to look like a couple of chimney sweeps plucked out of the Talladega infield, basically. I don't know if I put it like that. But yeah, you got the, you got the gist. That, that was the gist of it. And so, like, I hadn't felt pressure until then. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, this is a thing I got to go pay attention to. I don't yep. pay attention. I don't know what style is. And I certainly didn't know Kentucky Derby style. But uh, anyway. so It was, was pretty a, easy for you to shop, though. Oh. It was actually funny to shop. Was it fun to shop? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You go first. All right. Me and Amy's like, we're going to stop at this one place. It's next to Shani uh, yeah. Johnson, Jimmy's wife's. Yeah. I went to Tabor. Art store. Yeah. What's it called? Tabor. And so we go in there, small little place. And uh, right away, there's a seersucker suit. They're like, here's a seersucker suit. And it fits. Uh, I put the pants on, fits. No. Nothing. We've been there for 10 minutes and he's got a great outfit. Yeah. Perfect. Nothing. Yeah. And I've, all right. So I've never worn pink. I can't say that I remember ever wearing pink in my life. Not by choice. Yeah. I kind of always wanted to, but there's never (laughs) been an occasion. (laughs) I've always wanted to, but there's never been an occasion where I thought pink was going to work that day. And here we are, Kentucky Derby. It's a perfect opportunity, and there's this pink jacket hanging on the Right in the middle of the store. And it's got this little X on the pocket. And as soon as I saw that X on the pocket, I thought, that's just like the jockey's uniforms. Like their silks. Oh, (laughs) that's a good point. Right. And it, it was actually a polo jacket uh, made by this guy. In, it's in polo or something. But um, anyways, I'm hoping nobody notices it was a polo jacket. But um, <laughs> it's got this perfect little X on it. I'm like, it's, it's great. And I'm trying to convince Amy to let me wear the pink 
jacket versus the jacket that came with the pants that matched the pants was a little tough because she had this. Well, I already had my outfit picked out. I had bought five different dresses just trying to make sure that I picked the perfect one with my fascinator or the hat or whatever, which, so getting an outfit for a woman's a little bit more of a big deal. Yeah. So of course I take him last minute to shop and he picks a pink jacket. And so I've got to redo my whole look because what I had picked out was like neon pink and we were not going to look good standing <laughs> next to each other. Yeah. She had the neon pink. Mine was kind of a faded pink. Obviously Amy's fashion and what she's wearing is at the priority top of the shelf. <laughs> what I'm going to wear, not quite as important, but I'm like, come on. Yeah, but he, he's going to be on TV all day, too, so I just yeah. had to let him have it. I'm like, I'm like, she's got a picture of her dress, and I got my jacket on. I'm like, come on, don't they look good together? She's like, no. I'm like, you <laughs> the sure? associates take in the store, look. too, also said, yeah. that's not like, going to look good together. Look. You sure? And uh, maybe if I put this towel on, it changes things a little bit. But anyway, she let me wear the pink jacket, and uh, man, I, I loved it. I love my outfit. Uh, I usually don't care much about what, you know, all that. Did, did you ever think you would hear Dale say, I got uh, to wear a pink jacket and I just loved my outfit? I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Things Kel Yarbrough didn't say. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> Earnhardt's got a little uh, background with pink, so you good? That's true. Yeah, he had a pink race car. Yeah, that's First true. race car. So Way to pull us back around, Dale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matthew. You saved me. So, <laughs> anyways, in 15 minutes, we got we got our outfit. Easy. Yeah. Back home, Headed back home. Drove down to Charlotte. Headed back home. Um, excited. Amy's got to figure her deal out though, but now because she's she's gonna change dresses. Well, I had backup options. Yeah, we she had fine. backup options. She she got straightened out. Um, we uh we had to sit around for a while before uh before we started doing any work. And I said, like I said, Rut's there. Rut. So when I go work with Rut, um, Rut does Rut things. All right, everybody knows <laughs> Rutledge Wood. Everybody knows when he's on the show what he's gonna be doing. He's the guy that's gonna hop around. Little different locations for the show. Show everybody what else is going on besides the actual event, and which is going to be great for me because I'm going to the Kentucky Derby and be able to see all these different locations and sort of see what's happening everywhere. Aside, from, you know, aside from most people that just kind of stayed near where their, your ticket is, where your ticket is, yeah. right? So I'm going to see a lot in my first. I'm, this is going to be great, and uh, working with Rut. So I'm new. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to screw it up. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to have questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and working with Rut is so good because he's patient and he is the kind of guy who doesn't mind a bunch of questions. Um, I'm kind of like the, you know, why is the sky blue? Uh, <laughs> you know, the two-year-old asking all them questions like, what are we going over here for? What's going to happen there? You know, and he's like, oh, all right, this is what's going on because he's done all this. Every year he kind of does the same routine. We started in the infield. On the way there, on the way to the infield, we found a lost phone. We did. Oh wow! Was yeah. it mine? No, on, on the tra- <laughs> Amy did lose her phone. <laughs> on the track, yeah, <laughs> on the grass track, right? So we in between, just, yeah, oh, in wow. between, like on the rail. So How you did had that to even dip. Happen? You had to dip under the rail, and when somebody leaned over to go under the rail, that that phone fell out, and we handed it to the sheriff. I'm I'm already got anxiety because it ain't even my phone, and I'm like, damn, it's two thirty. It's the start of the day. Somebody's here to have fun, and now they lost their phone, and you know how that is. You yeah. know, you just fall apart. So your phone's everything. Yeah. And I'm thinking about that person. I'm like, man, this sucks for them. It's uh, it's getting text messages coming in. Oh yeah, blowing up. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, you know, it's you got the emergency call, but who you gonna call? So we give it to the sheriff guy, and I try to talk about it on the TV show, so maybe somebody will get the light bulb going off, going, oh, that must be my phone. I'll call. I'll go to the sheriff's office. So I don't know if they ever did that, but well, the only issue there is nobody can see the broadcast. Yeah, but maybe maybe they. 
You know, he, but Dale's doing all he can with the I, platform that he has so available, nice. trying yeah. to find somebody that. Gets but it also, <laughs> it, you know, I've been thinking about what I'm going to say in that opening segment, that opening hit in the infield, and me and Rudd are going back and forth about what might be funny and what might might not, you know. And we had this whole plan, and on the way over to do the hit, I came up with it when I saw the phone. I said, "That's it. We've been here five minutes and done found a lost phone. That's a party." That means, <laughs> that means the that means the you know the train's coming off the rails. And there's Literally still three came out, we found it off the rails. <laughs> there's still three hours left to go before the race even starts. That's right. I have a good question though for you because you we got to go see the infield too, but it was much earlier in the morning. Um, I've heard so many crazy things about the tele, not the tele game, but the infield at Churchill Downs being similar to Talladega's really? infield. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Especially back in the day, like all of that wasn't paved. A lot of it was grass. Or, or if it rained, it was mud and there was like yeah, mudslides and all kinds of things going on. Huh. What was it like at 2.30 in the afternoon? At 2.30 in the afternoon, it was pretty wild. I can't imagine what it would have been like near the race time or even after the race. They have a few more. They even have more horse Couple racing races, yeah. after, the, after the derby's over with. But there, everybody in there was. It was a majority college crowd, yeah. and they were doing college things. Yeah. You know, they're just hanging out together in groups and and rowdy and and making a lot of noise. There's a lot of music playing. Uh, there's a, the, one of the things that surprised me. Obviously, when you watch it on TV, you don't get an appreciation for the size of facilities, the size of the track. You don't get an appreciation of how much can be in the infield, how much can fit in the infield. Mm-hmm. When you go down there, you're like, well, this is bi- this is bigger than it's the like infield a county at, fair. It's bigger than the infield at Dover. If you're a race fan, been to Dover, Charlotte, places like that. And there's all kinds of uh, facilities, buildings, and, and, and activities, tents. Mm-hmm. Uh, hospitality. Hospitality. All, all those things are going on in there. So and, there's no – because there's no trailers and cars. All the horses are outside? Right. Yeah. Right? The horses are outside. Okay. So you're, there's just a lot happening in there that you would never – they don't – I don't know. I mean, I've, I've watched the Dover before, but they just, I just didn't know that all this was happening in there. There's concerts, there's music, there's DJs. Um, there are ends of the racetrack in the corners where there's, where there's grass and lawn mm-hmm. and, and people hanging out. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of structures, buildings in the infield, functional uh, you know, hospitalities and so forth. Anyways, I was reading, trying to get uh, an understanding of all the locations that me and Rutt were going to go to, and I read that people, you know, they don't allow alcohol into the infield, and people have been in, you know, ingenious in coming up with ways to get alcohol in there. And uh, they would hollow out loaves of bread to stick bourbon uh, whiskey into those <laughs> loaves <laughs> of bread and carry that in. Rut told me that people... Nobody's could, alarmed by a, a loaf of bread coming in? Right. Well, I mean, yeah. if you can't take a loaf of bread somewhere with you, what <laughs> can you, you do? Can bring a, you can bring a cooler, and in that cooler, maybe they have that loaf of bread, some peanut butter and jelly, yeah, a yeah. little camo... Everything you know, filled with alcohol. A right. <laughs> little smoking yeah. mirror going on, but... But listen and to this. Rut said that they would come in a day or two early and bury the whiskey in in the in the tur- in the grassy areas. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's insane. All that is insane. Right. right. There. I mean, that's that's hardcore. So, anyways, and I was glad that our hit was at two thirty and not later in the day because it's going to get more and more rowdy. Mm-hmm. And it's plus it rained like hell. We we luckily got in the infield and got out before it was too wet. Um, we did. I get thought s- you guys were going to slip there, man. I was watching. You guys, that looked slippery on that damn track. No, it was not slippery. It wasn't, no. okay. Um, we'll talk about that down here in a minute, but um, when it did rain, yeah, we got muddy. He got muddy later. It, Damn, it, it I rain got rain muddy. Yeah. So muddy. But the thing about the infield, Dale, just so you know, I, I doubt we went into the real, like, seventh circle of hell part of the infield. No, we didn't. Right? I mean, I think we probably saw the, <laughs> we, 
the you know the we upper went into echelons. the lobby and came back. That's out. exactly right. Yeah. The but but even in the lobby, see, this is stuff Dale doesn't actually know because he had earpieces in. He and Rutt had earpieces. I in. did. I, I was you know, but I know what you're going to say. And I was telling Rutt while we're standing there, he's got one out, one ear out, so he hears everything happening around us. Oh, okay. And I told All Rutt, right. I said, he's talking to me, and I said, Rutt, I can't hear what you're saying. And I don't want to hear anything going on around me right now because I'm trying to remember what I'm going to talk I'm about focused. during the hit. Yeah. And I'm like, all oh, this is such a distraction. I'm going to forget everything we're going to talk about. I'm so glad to hear that you couldn't hear it because you would have lost your train of thought yeah. had you heard well, what, what was going on. What did they say? What were they yeah, saying? I want to know now. During the interview, uh, during, the pe- during the hit, live hit, okay, we had one lady asking for a photo, okay, during the hit, they're talking. Dale, get my picture. Okay, one, did my one. picture? Yeah, get 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 me a picture. Gip. So, so, and and I turn I turn around. I'm like, he's busy. Then you had the security guards that were with us, big old big old guys, right? <laughs> and uh, there were a couple runners. I'm telling you, without those security guards, your interview or your hit would have been interrupted by a a runner. Yeah, there was a guy particularly that it was double fisting. Had two beers, and we could see him. And I said, I, I nudged the guy beside me. I'm like, he's thinking about it. Look at him. He's thinking about <laughs> making his move. Because when, when you're good and sauced up, uh-huh. you get brave. Oh, yeah. This was a brave guy. This was our hero. And he was about to do it. Now, he didn't necessarily comprehend the fact that they were doing the live hit at that moment. I just don't think he cared. <laughs> and he was coming. And that security guard... Did the old one-arm thing, and he's a big guy. Close and, he, and he basically, yeah, snagged him right at the last minute. <laughs> Dale and Rudd are just chipper, just talking through all the partying and stuff. And I'm like, that would have been on that. That would have been on YouTube. That'd have been a viral <laughs> yeah. moment we would have just had. You know, like we always see that Chris Berman thing from 1979, oh, where the fans interrupt. That would have been it. So there was chaos going around Dale, and this was his first hit. And I knew he was, ang- you know, he, Anxious, he was nervous yeah. about it. That that could have messed up the whole trajectory of the <laughs> day, the but whole day. It, but it ended up being an awesome hit. I yeah. think you and Rutt nailed it right out of the gate. We had a great hit, live hit, and so and people don't people people that aren't brought in in the broadcasting part of it, their network they probably don't care or think about whether the hit's good or bad. Mm-hmm. You're just watching it on TV and you go, oh, that was cool. I wasn't bored. Um, me and I'm <laughs> well, I'm sitting there going, Rut, that was great. We did a good job. And then we do the next hit, and I'm like, Rut, that sucked. We got to do better next time. <laughs> and he's like, just like, yeah, what? He was, like, it was great. I would like, give it a B plus. Like, ah. Yeah, we did. What was the next hit? We did this, the mansion. The mansion. We go to the mansion oh, and yeah. did and we did a hit and it sucked. Well, we had we were trying to like kind of pick on people that we thought might be in the mansion or might not be in the mansion. And he's like Danica Patrick. I'm like ah. I don't know if she'd make it to the mansion. She's probably millionaire's row. But yeah, now that I'm here, I think Danica would be up here with the, with the Rogers. And uh, we were going to pick on Fallon, you know, saying that he would refuse to come to uh, the Derby unless he had a mansion ticket because NBC. <laughs> it's an NBC event. And he would definitely try to you know use that leverage. That's valid. Yeah. <laughs> and we saw Steve Harvey up there, who I was on his show, and I and he he's me and him were having a conversation before the hit, and I was like, man, you got to work Steve Harvey in because we saw him. Well, right as we're getting ready to do finish the hit up, we started good. This is a 30-second hit. First 15 seconds, good. Brutt gets it in his ear from the producer that we need to toss it to Rebecca. Toss it to Rebecca. Toss it to Rebecca. Go, go, go. End this hit now. We got to go. And so Rutt rushed to the end and, and, and sent it out. And I was we were trying to do a bit 
you know, it's kind of a joke at the end, and he's straight-faced as hell. Yeah. And I was like, damn, Rut, you didn't even laugh. I mean, even if my jokes aren't funny, you're the one that's supposed to be laughing. He was cackling in the rehearsal. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, that hit sucked. I sucked. You sucked. You didn't laugh. And yeah. he's like, whatever, man, it's cool. So he grades the day globally, like, as yeah, a Yeah, he full. averages it. Yeah. Sure. He gets to the end of the day and goes, yeah, that was good. Okay. Next one. Next show. <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, that that minute sucked. That last 30 seconds was terrible. And <laughs> he's he's like, well, you're a race car driver. You go every lap. You go, ah, that, that yeah. sucked. Oh, and overanalyze everything. That was a good corner. That was a yep. bad corner. Yep. Yeah. And so I do that, and uh, I was driving him crazy. But anyways, we, we get down to the Garland of Roses. The Garland of Roses is a trophy. And and I had in my mind all this information. In 18, 1896 is uh uh, the first race where they gave away a floral arrangement. It was a pink and white uh, a floral arrangement. In 1904, the rose was made the uh, the official flower of the Derby. And in 1932 uh, was the first time the garland, as we know it today, was given away. And I got all that in my mind, and I'm re- I'm just reading it over and over and over and over. And Rut's trying to talk to me about who the hell knows what. You know, just <laughs> random thoughts that are coming through his mind. I'm like, Rut, stop, stop talking. I gotta. I'm I trying to keep this stuff like in. Rut. I can't and do your things in mine. And- so we're standing. The the garland of roses is in this stable type of utility closet. It's dirty. There's buckets and stuff on the shelf, and it was just not a place. I didn't think about it, but uh, the the sort of officials of the event and the people that run Churchill Downs were like, "Oh, y'all ain't shooting live in here. You know, you can't. You, we can't let people see the garland in this utility closet." Right. And I was like, "Oh, this is going down. Like, this might not happen." We're live. Like we're getting ready to come. They're getting ready to come to us in a minute. And the producer's scrambling. He's like, "I gotta get this shot. We gotta. We gotta show this. We gotta tell the fans about the garland. This is." They're like, "You ain't doing it here. Mm. You ain't showing it in this room." And they're like, "Well, where's it going? When's it moving? Yeah, When's get it-, it out of there." And and the guy, the guys actually, our producer had his heel on some of the ribbon. Oh no! The garland's laying on the part of the garland. The garland's laying on the table, and beside the garland is like a rose. Round rose arrangement with a ribbon underneath it that they also like, put on like the a horse. mum kind of thing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. The mum. He's got a he's he's got his heel on the mum ribbon. <laughs> the lady went crazy. She was right like, before the hit. Yes, too. she's like, "You're standing on it." He's like, she's "No, I'm not." And she's like, thinking. "Yes, you were." And she gets down and she's dusting it off with her hand. <laughs> and she is even more mad now. Now we definitely ain't gonna get to shoot the shot. Right now we're done. She's like, "You barbarians have ruined yeah. everything." Get the hell out of here. And so. <laughs> they, they, the garland is carried in. The garland's carried out of the tunnel into the view of the crowd by servicemen and 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 women and part of the military. So they they're they're carrying the garland out of the tunnel and and they're staged right at the tunnel, right at the right at the exit. So everybody's calmed down at this point. You know, tempers that flared have calmed down, and the the lady and the the, the officials are like, okay, if you want to shoot a shot, right now is the time to get it. You got to get it right now. So they came to me and rut. All this is happening, and I'm still running through my mind those dates, you know, so I don't get the dates wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I pulled this off of Wikipedia, so you know I Uh-oh. don't even know whether I'm telling the truth. So, <laughs> but I'm old, I'm gambling. I'm I'm rolling the dice that I'm not wrong on this. And we did the hit right standing next to the garland where the servicemen and women are holding it, and we got done. And I was like, I don't remember anything I said. I don't even know what I just said. I can't remember it. We did it. 
It happened. You but just I don't, blacked out? I, I black. Yeah. That's I don't crazy. remember whether I said the right dates. What I, I don't remember the words I said. <laughs> oh, man. Did you? We should just I don't know. We, nobody has know. I have no idea what I said. <laughs> we should have recorded this. During that hit. Authentic frontier gibberish. And we get done. I'm like, oh, this is just getting worse and worse. Like the first hit was awesome. Second hit kind of uh, flat. And now, now you're here, blacking out. Now I'm like just completely <laughs> wow. blank. And uh, then we go out to the pagoda. This was the one hit that I was probably the most excited about because I read up on this guy, the bugler, mm-hmm. yes. Steve Buttleman. How so cool. And I was afraid I was going to forget his last name, but it was written on this uh, table. He has his own table in the pagoda, and he's got his bag and his, his stuff stacked on there. Mm-hmm. And somebody was moved in front of it, and I was like, get out of the way, get out of the way. I didn't tell him why, but his name's written on there. I'm like, there, I'm going to just be able to look at that if I get lost. Yeah. And so we're getting ready to do the hit, and it's raining like hell. And the thing about him is I wanted to tell this story, but I'm thinking I don't. people don't need to hear it from me. I need to let him tell it. So... Um, in 1995, the job as the bugler became available, and he wanted to go audition. He also needed to take his wife's car to the service, uh, auto service to get it worked on. He didn't know whether it would be done in time, so he took his bugle along with him just in case. If it didn't get done in time, he wouldn't make the audition. He don't get the job, and that's the, that's the end of the story. He goes out on the curb of the Midas, where he went to get his wife's car worked on. And did and practiced bugling. <laughs> so imagine driving around, uh, you know, downtown Churchill. I don't know where the hell he was. Downtown Churchill. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Louisville. Right, Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> downtown Louisville. Go by the Midas, and there's a guy bugling. <laughs> As you would expect at a Midas. On the corner of, of the street. <laughs> and uh, anyways, he, he the car gets done. He did show up late. He walks in. There's seven other guys there. To audition. They're all in suits and ties. He's wearing cut-off jeans, yeah, jorts. My man. He's in jorts and a windbreaker, <laughs> and he got and he bugles, right? And he gets and then they narrowed it down to two. And he got they did they did it again. They did another audition and they gave him the job. And he's had it ever since 1995. He's also a bugler at another racetrack full time. He does both Churchill Downs and another racetrack. He's done sixty thousand races, so he'll do a dozen races a day. Wow! And he's done it. Since it who must, knows how long? It must be the track in Lexington. Right. Okay. Yeah. But it's amazing. That's just a great story. So I, I read I read about that. I probably on Wikipedia as well. And so um, <laughs> we got to find him a more reliable source of information. <laughs> He's going to do these live TV hits. Is that not good? No. Okay. I mean, you can't take it to the bank with confidence, can you? Wikipedia. No. Really? Anybody Wikipedia can, is a good reference to get you to it. different yeah. areas, yeah. though. I was just googled. And that's what popped up. <laughs> so I basically just tossed the story to him, and he told it. Great freaking guy. And um, we were in there for 30 minutes before I hit Just Killing Time, uh, having a conversation with Steve Buttleman. I'll never forget his name. Yeah. And uh, Did he verify that that was what he was wearing? Yes. The George? He told the story. So he verified Wikipedia's. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. And so anyways, <laughs> that, that hit kind of was, I felt like a B, B plus. Okay, you felt good about that one. Then we're going to do the walkover, and the walkover was going to be amazing because basically the horses are outside of turn two, outside the racetrack, and we walk over there, and there's a little stretch of track coming off of turn two where they have a gate that they run a shorter race, mm-hmm. right? All and right. the horses are released there, and they come running by onto the racetrack, onto the back stretch. So we're standing on this little stretch of extra racetrack, I don't know what they call it, but all the families are there, the families of, that own these horses and that are part of these 
uh, trainers' lives and all that. So yeah. there's tons of people. Everybody's it's pouring rain. The track is covered in water. And I was wearing like a Chuck Taylor type of shoe, and I had to walk on my toes because if I, my heel got down in there, it'd pull my shoe off. It'd suck my oh. shoe right off. It was like eight inches deep of mud. And so it's raining and raining and raining, and the horses aren't coming, and we can't do the walk till the horses get there, and it's pouring and pouring and pouring, and the track's getting worse and worse and worse and filling up with water. Finally, here comes the horses. Me and Rut did this walk, and I would say it was really emotional. And I get I would get emotional about this. Reminded me of building cars for Daytona. We spend more than the off season getting one car ready for the Daytona 500. You would put six months into this car, and um, no other racetrack or no other race gets that kind of attention. No other car gets that kind of attention during the season. You massage this thing, work on this thing, everything's perfect, and then eventually you got to put it on the starting grid for the race on Sunday, and when it's out there, it's out there. Okay, no going back. They can't do nothing else to it. This is what it reminded me of. They're taking these horses that they've, they've worked every day of their life. Well, they've this bred horse these horses. Th- this this is years yeah. coming yeah. in, too. And, right. the, and, and, another and thing a I, lot of money. Forgive me for my ignorance on horse racing. I've watched the Derby, but you just don't know everything, right? Mm-hmm. They don't get another shot. They're three-year-old horses, and after the Derby, that's it. They don't come back. All right. So after the Derby, no. they may race. They'll race, right? Again, but yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah. Get, they don't get to go back to the Daytona 500. Right. You might bring Amelia back and race Amelia a few times at the plate tracks. Right. Like we did. Right. So they don't. You, you never you, see a horse racing in the Derby. I didn't know that. No, no. Yeah. They you race once. One you race done. one time. They're really? three-year-olds. Like three-year-old. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Right. See, that, I was the same way, Matthew, and I'm sitting there thinking, wow, that makes it even more emotional because this is it. Yeah. You're one yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, then me and I said, I said, uh, I said, Rut, this is it. They're, they're one shot. And then he sent, he went right into an Eminem song. Um, <laughs> he did. I, love Rutt. So I can imagine. Every which one moment it is. has a lyric for Rut, just yeah. so you know. I mean, That's we true. learned this in the it, TV compound. We would see something and all of a sudden he would bust into like a, a Carly B song or something. I mean, like, he was just... Carly B? Is yes. that her name? Cardi. 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 Whatever, whatever. It keeps yeah. it light, though. So we're we're doing the walk. The walk was great. The people... So there's these people that are on horses on the track. I don't know what their job they're is. They're guiding their, yeah. their horse. They were laughing. It kind of keeps them calm, keeps the horses knowing where they're there, supposed to there's go. There's also some people that work for the, the track that are out there on horses. They were laughing oh, gotcha. at us. They were laughing at us because we're walking in the mud. They're like, y'all are silly. This is ridiculous. You're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone else that was there that knows what they're doing has it on rubber, root, rubber boots. I know. I'm looking around. Dales and Chucks. I'm walking around. People got their boot, their, cl- their shoes in Ziploc bags Rutt and all kinds of stuff. had his Jordans on. Rutt, like, Rutt had some Jordans oh. on. Yeah, he ruined his sh- more expensive shoes. Amy was up in the mansion, and she's like, after you're done, come to the mansion to watch the race. Best place in the best seat in the house. I, I, got, I disagree, and I'll, we can go back to that. Well, I'm... This is just in my mind at that moment. Oh, gotcha. And so I'm looking down at my shoes. I'm like, yeah, I ain't going to the mansion. Uh, oh, because of the mud. Because oh, of the yeah. Mud. I was like, yeah, gotcha. the mansion's out for me. I might, <laughs> I, I, might not even, right. I might not even be going to my suite down there on the, <laughs> down at the NBC Sports Suite. But anyhow. Uh, no wonder he said no. I'm not going. Oh, I was, I was covered in mud. My pants got ruined. But I knew that was happening. Rutt yeah. told me, he's like, don't buy any expensive clothes. He wore a $100 suit. That suit, that outfit that he had was 100 bucks. Really? Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't have guessed much more than that. No, right. Oh, really? <laughs> I no. said 500 no. Anyways, <laughs> we get the walk done. That was a lot of fun. That was a, you could feel 
how special it's that neat. was. And the horses everyone. are magnificent yeah. also oh. up close. It's just all the things. I can imagine I why know. it was an emotional yeah. we were experience. Stand, yeah, we saw when we saw our first horse up close, I said to Rudd, I said, I don't know what the flaws might be in a horse, but these damn things are perfect. Perfection. Mm-hmm. They are perfect. Yes. They're the Giselle Bunchens of horses. Like when they're, wa- they're, wa- they're walking around like, I am the baddest dude here. Yeah, they right. are. Right. They it have a awesome. little ego. And you do. can feel it. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. It is so cool. And uh, <laughs> you don't want to tell the horse you're 50 to 1 odds, bud. But, you know, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get back to Amy in just a second. Dale, let's hear from our friends at Valvoline. As many of you probably know, I was sponsored by Valvoline for several years. And I even drove a Valvoline car at Darlington back in 2015. That baby was hot. Yeah, good. Uh, not literally. This was just a very good-looking race car. <laughs> a lot of drivers are sponsored by motor oils, but Valvoline, man, they were something different. They were more than just a logo on my suit or uh, on the a decal on the car. So they were a true partner, and they always were hands-on in helping us make our engines perform better. That was one thing that I learned about them as we got to working together. They'd send teams over to Charlotte to work directly with our engine guys in the garage to squeeze out a few more horsepower out of our engines. We literally mixed oils together. Mm. And it didn't matter if we were running plate races, road courses, short tracks, or intermediates. They always had solutions for us to make our stuff run faster, run better. Valvoline even helped me get the monkey off my back at Martinsville in 2014, where I got my first win ever on NASCAR's oldest track. That's why Valvoline is the motor oil I trust in my engine, and it's why you should trust them in your engine, too. From high-mileage rides that need that thick anti-wear film to newer engines that have carbon buildup, head over to Valvoline.com slash Dale to find the product spec for your engine. That's Valvoline.com slash Dale. There was a the horse. There was a horse from uh, Japan, right? Yeah. yeah. Really? That was cool. Yeah. He he didn't I have put great some odds. Money on him. Yeah. He didn't have great odds, but there's that I I learned so much about each individual individual horse and their story. Uh, I picked ma- uh, Maximum Security. Earlier in the week, I was reading about him, and he was sort of an underdog. Well, as the week progressed, he became more of a favorite. Huh. And um, obviously one, well, he he crossed the finish line first. Had he him won. covered. He, he did. Had he him won. covered. So yeah. he's never lost a race, and he's never came from behind. He always gets out in an early lead and keeps it. And that was the idea that he's a fast starter, and if he gets the lead, and he, if, won't lose he it. probably won't lose it. The Most of the horses in the field were closers and, and late finishers, and uh, it was a little bit longer of a race than he's ever run, and that was also a question whether he would be able to sustain his speed over the entirety of the, of the race. But, um, dude, he did exactly what people you know, thought he would, could do. Yeah. The other thing, too, is with the rain and the, the mud and the wet, would that, would that uh, neutralize his speed? That was another question. But I'd committed to him earlier in the week, and I was going to stick with it. And uh, by the time I got to the race, there were a lot of other people on the NBC uh, uh you know, per, uh, staff that were uh, liking that horse as well. Um, he wins. He wins. I say he wins the race. Um, <laughs> me and Amy put money, or we we put a little money on him, and we were excited. So excited! Obviously, everybody knows about the disqualification. He come off the rail, uh, exit in turn four or whatever around the last turn. Uh, bumped into a few horses. They had to it caused them to lose a little momentum, and they Rubin is racing. I've never heard of this happening at a, yeah. ever. This I mean, these her. horses are all over each other. Yeah, how can you avoid that? I, I know. I, I was, and to be honest, that's probably not the horse's fault. That's the jockey's fault. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm ignorant. I'm they're so being ignorant. steered. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm ignorant as hell about all the rules, the history. The I, when they made the call, they made. I'm like. They there must be more to it than I can see and understand, uh, f- from a from a technical standpoint. 
as to why they made that choice. If it was left up to me, I'm like, hell, I was walking on that track. That mud was deep as for me. I'm mm. 180 pounds for a horse hauling ass around it's that thing. Sand. He's yeah. yeah, he's they got to be digging 10, 12 inches into the. They got to be stuck in that mud. How in the world they could maintain any any kind of line and control in something in conditions like that? I would give them a little more leeway. Sure, but apparently there's some technical stuff about it that I don't understand. Do you know now? Because I still no, don't get it. I still don't yeah. get it. I would have never made the call they made, but again, um, you know, I admit I, I don't know much about it. And I was I was so disappointed because not because we really we didn't win a ton of money, but not it wasn't wasn't about the bet we made. It was more about the history and the legacy and the the, the prestige, the build up. Yeah. You know, I was in love with that moment, and <laughs> and and here we are, and I'm experiencing my first derby, and it ends in controversy. And they take the win away. They take the win away from the horse. That sucks. It feel bad. Don't you feel like, because you know that, like you said, they are the baddest guy walking in there. That stage, he knows he lost. He knows he got that thing ripped away from yeah. him because he was out front. I feel like they opened up a can of worms, man. And, yeah. and it's changed. It'll change, the, it'll change the temperature of that event for me going forward. Hmm. What do you think, Mike? Oh, that's a bad first impression. I hate that you feel that yes. way. Yes, right. Yeah. Well, I, I experienced all this through with Amy. So we and did so, so, we did hang out in the mansion with you for a little bit right. when you were doing your bit, yeah. but well, we quickly well, left because it was rather quiet up there, and yeah. I my, some of my college friends were way down on the ground level. It was covered, and they were having one hell of a time. They were, and, and just to give you some context, you know that booth where you watched it from, it's on the track level basically. So that would have been more or less like what this was. Yeah. So you okay. didn't see the whole track. We, and I say all that because. All of this stuff about who won and disqualified, we didn't know it. No. Yeah. <laughs> there was so much noise going on. Everybody was screaming right. because so many people were betting on that horse. And just, Including you know, you. mint juleps and all. It, it was a lot of noise. So so they go by, they win. We're all looking, who won? Anybody know who won? And then they find out it's maximum, maximum security. You've had a tough and time saying I that. Have. I have. I thought it was just, just the mint juleps, but it's off. still there. No, no, no. No, I had nothing to do with it. But it's still there. <laughs> That's his memorabilia. <laughs> but we go, because she had bet money on that horse. <laughs> you know, Mr. Security. Mr. Max. You, Mr. Security. You have to say it. Uh, and, and so we go in there, and we're in line, and I, I text Dale and say, hey, Amy's collecting her money. And that's when we learned. Dale says, you realize there's a protest, right? And we're like, no. Hey, everybody, there's a protest. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, Mike texts me back. He's like, no wonder this line ain't moving. <laughs> And no wonder it's so short. And so yeah, no, but, and then it's like maybe we should look at the television and, and actually watch and see what's happening. And that made all the sense in the world. Yeah. So like, you know, it was so funny being there with Amy and and her friends and our friend Sarah uh, Bundy, and and we just did, were oblivious to all that stuff because I think that when you're down there, by the time the Derby rolls around. I don't know that the race is the most important part for anybody down yeah. there. It was singing "Old Kentucky Home," mm -hmm. big deal for them. Nice. Okay, yeah. and then uh, and then just if you saw a horse jockey go by, good day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, you can't good see a whole day. lot, especially being five three. You're not going to see a whole lot. Amy, I got to let you go. Uh, I know you got some things to do today, but I wanted to ask you before we before we did. Um, from a female perspective, uh, the, the fashion is mm -hmm. probably the most the coolest part for you. Um, I know. Just speak on that, because that that was a as that was that was as impressive, I guess. It's as much as part of the Derby as, as anything the derby else. Sure. Itself. 
Yeah, everyone enjoys getting dressed up, girls especially. You get to wear a hat. A hat, especially on Derby Day, is the thing. I know a lot of people are wearing fascinators Even now. Even guys I, wear hats. And I was. Hey, yes. we learned what as a guys, fascinator was. Guys always wore hats. I, I think they, just, you know, a specific style, like the yeah. newsboy. Because Vaughn had a pretty cool hat. Yeah. I think you can. And your hat is called a fascinator. It was a fascinator. I didn't wear a full hat. But like typically, that, that, like. That name for the hat blows me away. Fascinator. I wouldn't, she, it sounds you, like a car part now that know, you're saying it. If you said this is a <laughs> fascinator, does. what is a fascinator? I would have never said hat. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a British thing. You've seen British people wearing Fascin- the, yeah. the fascinators. I, can't even, I don't have a British accent, but. But, but, <laughs> but me and Dale, were, we, we learned something there. Fascinator. I can't do it. I can't do it. Fat, can you do a British accent, Amy? Do it. I'm not going to try right now. No. <laughs> fascinator. <No>. Fascinator. <laughs> Have you have your fascinator? Lord help. <laughs> Say maximum security with a British accent. Seriously. Maximum security? That's oh, that's pretty good. Hey, I'll give it to you, man. <laughs> you tried. Come on, Amy. So we're, did, we, <laughs> no, did, did we pass the test as far as fashion goes? You did great. You both hit it out of the park. I, I felt like I was real conservative compared to what I saw. You could have gone bigger. Mm-hmm. I don't think being on TV, you necessarily want to try that hard. Not next to Rod. Right. right. Mike, in Steve his Harvey efforts. Was de- dressed up pretty cool. He was. He had a lot of pink on, too, from yeah. what I can remember. Pink. White, white suit. Awesome suit. Pink hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody gets excited about the opportunity to get dressed up. It's not Halloween, but there is a look, and it's almost like you can't do too much. The bigger the hat, the better. The bigger the everything, the better. Things you don't typically wear on a normal day. So yeah. people have fun with it. Well, I saw people that they looked like centerpieces at a gender reveal party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Couldn't believe it. You're yeah. talking about feathers and different things. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it pastels. Can get, it can get crazy. Well, we're going to go back next year. Are I gotta, we? Well, of course. Are you going to work next year? This We are you, going to the Derby told? for the foreseeable future for many years. Really? Yes, oh, my gosh, so, honey. Honey, it was awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. No, I ain't miss- I'm going to work on next year's outfit now. <laughs> lock that in. <laughs> I, did, I, I did get my boss, Sam Flood, did say that I would be probably working next year. Damn. Good. I know. I, 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 uh, we'll keep going. We'll just keep going. Okay. All right. I just um, said good to that. You said damn. She wants <laughs> me to completely different. Mike wants to go too. I want this well, man I, to myself sometimes. Amy wants me to be with her. No, listen, not working. I, I get that. I get that. For I just want all, him to experience things like you got to experience. Right. Like he's never going to get Her to do that. and all that good I stuff. Was I was with Dale, and then the rain came, and I'm like, you know what? I think I need to take care of Amy. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but, but no, it was a good time up there, and, uh, and your friends are awesome. Yeah, they're great. You know, your friends are great. It's funny, like through the years, I've, I've noticed this, like you're attracted to the same types of people. Like no matter, my Sarah, my college friends, all of my friends get along like they've known each other forever. Right. I think that says a lot about how good they are. Real quick, you were saying that something about the vantage point from the mansion, which was like, you know, probably the upper echelon of vantage points, but mm-hmm. you said it wouldn't have been a good place to watch the race. Well, so it's a great place to watch the race on the front because all of these big suites have balconies along the front. Right. And we did go out there for a little bit. Do you remember? I, I remember. I, I remember seeing the top of everyone's hat. Close, it was raining at that point. If we had gotten closer down to the front, you would have been able to see everything. Yeah. Like the whole track, the whole race. Yeah. But the energy up there is just not the same. It's not. Yeah. I loved being down on. We were on. We were on in Suite Zero was the NBC Sports Suite, and it was literally down on the on the track surface, like in the corner. No, where, we were right at the start finish line. Oh wow, that's cool. And uh, right on the ground, mm-hmm. energy was incredible. Um, I, I loved it. It was everything everybody is everything you said it would be. If you haven't ever been, I would definitely make that put that on your bucket list. Yeah. To go at some point, it's, and it's just like a whole one of those weekend things. of stuff to do. It's one. It's an Amer- It's an American 
pastime. It's a, it's an iconic yeah. thing that happens every year. You have yeah. to do it. Yeah. It's like the Grand Canyon. It's something you need to see once <laughs> in your life. And uh, we will be going back. Amy, thanks for coming in. I don't in. know if I compare it to the Grand Canyon. I would. <laughs> I've been to the Grand Canyon. I'd say it's pretty similar as far as <laughs> walking up on it and seeing the canyon. I was like, damn, this thing's bigger than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. I felt the same way about the Derby. Grand in scale and every bit of the, the pageantry and the, the fashion and the excitement and energy, everything was bigger than I'd imagined. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me, Honey, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Not the last time. Yeah, we're going to get you in for a little more uh, family conversation or something at okay. some point this All year. All right. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you. Thank you. See you later. All right. See you later today. Adios, people. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about Ancestry. Ancestry DNA gives you so much more than just the places you're from. Ancestry connects you to the places in the world where your story started using precise geographic detail and clear-cut historical insight. And to amplify your results, you can start a free trial on Ancestry and build a tree so your ancestors become more than just a name. It's easy to do. Within days, within days they'll mail you an Ancestry DNA kit which includes full instructions and a saliva collection tube. You mail it back and it goes to their lab and the journey begins. Only Ancestry can tell such a rich story with unique features that give a more complete picture about a person, like events that shaped them, how they made a living, and what they excelled in. And Dale, you're 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 an Ancestry customer. I am. I, I've been on Ancestry for years. I built my own tree. Uh, over 300 people currently in this tree that I've created, and wow. with the Ancestry DNA. So Ancestry DNA is going to help me sort of understand the timeline of where these people traveled from and to, you know basically the Earnhardt's came from Germany to Philadelphia then down to Salisbury North Carolina and the Concord area Kannapolis um, I know a little bit about that but not this Ancestry DNA kit will really help me complete that picture and paired up the Ancestry DNA paired up with a tree and a lot of people on Ancestry have built their tree sure but don't have the DNA to, to, to back it with that combination, you get the complete picture. I'm telling you, go sign up. Uncovering your family history is such an amazing thing, and starting a free trial with Ancestry and building a tree is the beginning of the journey. Go to Ancestry.com slash Dale Jr. today for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. That's Ancestry.com slash Dale Jr. for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. Ancestry.com slash Dale Jr. So, Mike, we, uh, we heard from Amy, and, and we talked a good deal about the Derby. One of the things that I enjoyed... Um, I marvel at is your at the at the on the car ride out of the derby. You decided to troll all your Twitter followers. <laughs> I, I didn't know where you were going with this, but yeah, oh, okay. You, was that a troll job? Was oh God! Right? Was it? Oh, it was the biggest. Okay, I so, thought it was sort of self-deprecating humor. Uh, like, like what? I was because I knew no. we were going to be getting them calling me an idiot. So you sent out a tweet. All right, Leah. Yes, you, you got the tweet. I can pull it up. Yep. It's all caps. <laughs> That's what I liked about it. <laughs> and Mike's Mike knows about the disqualification, knows <laughs> all about we're on the car ride home decompressing, and Mike sends out this tweet. I won. Maximum security for the win. I'm retiring today. <laughs> all right. So he sends that out, and he starts giggling, and he's like, I can't wait to read the responses. <laughs> right? And so, and maybe, maybe a lot of people, I'll give him credit. Maybe half of them knew it was a troll job and, yeah, were, and, were, and saw right through it. And then he sends out another tweet. His next tweet was, I knew Maximum Security had it all the way. No doubts. Can't wait to get my money. Why ain't this line moving? <laughs> <laughs> 
Man. And now we're at the airport already. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so my mind don't even go to places like that. Like, oh, I'm going to screw with everybody. Well, I'm glad mind. your mind doesn't go there. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm glad that. I was jealous, though. That oh, was you so are? good. Oh, you thought it? I, yes. Okay. That was awesome. And then he added another one. Once this line we, moves. Well, hold on. We were back in Mooresville at this point. Shut up, No, really? no, we really were. We no, already really? Landed. I did this after we landed. <laughs> Once this line moves, I'm about to be so rich with my winning maximum security bet that I went ahead and purchased tickets to every Garth Brooks concert for the rest of the year. <laughs> Hashtag all I do is win. <laughs> Perfect. I should still send them out all week. No, <laughs> no I, I, you know, I don't know. So, okay. So that didn't embarrass you that I did that. No, I loved it. Okay. I mean, that sense of humor is, uh, that's a rare, <laughs> that's a, that's a, you, the place you went with that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I liked it because I was mad. I was mad at the result and the disqualification. You, that and gave you something that, to laugh that at. That made me laugh. I got you. Leah, the first tweet, the one where we were in the car ride to the airport, it got a lot of responses. Oh, 137 responses. Really? Yeah. And, and most of them. Did not think I was joking. <laughs> Hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> what were some other ones? <laughs> I'd hold those retirement papers. You realize now NASCAR has to DQ a driver over the qualifying BS. Oh, that's right. A lot of people were equating it to NASCAR, NASCAR finishes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we would have found Reb- out on Tuesday. Though. Rebin is racing, which is the same thing that Amy said. The pigeon one. I mean, there are so the many dove. gifts in here. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. didn't pass post-race inspection. <laughs> yeah. It didn't clear the templates. I, I loved it. It was your, one of your finer moments <laughs> on <laughs> social media. <laughs> and love seeing you have a good time. Love seeing you pick on folks. You know what not we did? Take yourself, not take yourself or the internet too seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's where you got to be. Because you know what the marketplace of... Uh, the internet of marketplace, <laughs> whatever I'm trying to say. Marketplace of hey, morons. Th- we, we didn't ask Amy <laughs> about the fact that. The, the fact that she left her phone in that car. That she did. I did those tweets. Oh. From. Yeah. Yeah, we do have the phone. And, uh, yeah, Amy lost her phone, on the, left it, basically left it in a rental car, but um, or the car service. But she's good, man. We're going to get the phone back. Well, this is the thing about it. The guy was it. super nice. The, this is the thing about it. What's Most people, it? and Dale, Dale said this. The person that lost their phone that he found on the rail, you know, and it, and it affected Dale to the point he's like, because, man, you know somebody when they lose their phone, that, yeah. that's going to affect their day. Except one person, Amy. I don't think she much cares that she had yeah. lost her phone. I mean, like, it did really? not bother her at all. She laughed. We, we didn't know that she was missing her phone until we'd already landed back in North Carolina. So she went from the car. That's an hour, hour and a half without if, her phone. Didn't even realize well, it. Well, if you what? need to know, this is the second time in the week, in this week, she's lost it. Really? Yeah. She loses the thing all the time. She's and tethered. <laughs> that, wow. isn't, that isn't saying that she is forgetful or loses many things. It's just that she, like you... Not taking the internet very seriously doesn't take her phone very seriously. Yeah. Whereas my phone is everything. I can't be without it. I need it all the time. Everything I know and have is on it. And for her, it's like, eh, whatever. Wow. I don't have a phone. Man. I'm still going about my day doing my things. Kind of right. jealous, whatever. actually. I know. I mentioned that as a commendable thing. Because yes. like, yeah. she laughed when she realized that she didn't have her phone. We were all sort of wigging out for the her. The other day. Yeah. Well, the other, yeah, so the other day... Uh, we we took a ride on the golf cart around the property, and one of the stops we stopped at the uh, Dirty Dome to, uh, to. I was uh, changing the steering wheel on this car, but uh, we'll talk about that. I was um, Amy was playing with I at the basketball gym and and bouncing the basketball and took took up pictures and laid her phone down and left it. We went about and riding around the rest of the property, and then later that day she's like, "I'm going to go to the grocery store." It's hours later, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going with you." 
we're piling into the car. And she's like, I ain't got my phone. I'm like, where is it? She's like, I ain't got it. I'm like, all right, well, let's go find it. We go look all over the house. Can't find it. She's like, well, I'm still going to the grocery store. I'm like, I ain't going. I'm, I'm looking at this phone. We got to find this phone. I cannot go to the grocery store. I can't have fun at the grocery store thinking about this missing phone. And, and so I stayed back and retraced our steps on the golf cart while she was gone. She's like, whatever, go, right. go do that. I'm going to the grocery store. And I'm like panicking, and it ain't my damn phone. I know, right? So I find it, and I'm like, yes! And I can't wait till she gets home. She's going to be so happy. Hero. We get home, I'm like, hey, man, find your phone. She's like, cool. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, Wait a minute, I'm, I'm the hero here. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> she has an iPad mini. Same, everything on it, similar. It's a copy of her phone, right? Texting, everything's there. Uh, she loses her phone for the Kentucky Derby. We're home. I'm like, hey, you got your iPad mini. Anything you need to do, you can do it right here. Your phone will be here Tuesday. You're good. I don't need that thing. I don't I'm signed out. It ain't even mine anymore, as far as I'm concerned. Put it in just put it put it in the cabinet with all the other used uh, <laughs> electronics. Used up electronics. Wow. I'm like, Amy, God, I don't know how she has that mentality to do that, but it's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. that was yeah, cool. It was, cool. It was funny. But yeah. you know, the the moment so Dale has that find your phone feature, as most people do with yeah. an iPhone. And so there was a moment we were back in North Carolina and we were kind of looking through the airplane trying to find the phone. And Dale pulls up that find your phone feature, and and he saw where the phone was, and it was still in it was like in Louis, a, Louisville, it, yeah, it was in a parking still lot. In, in a parking lot in the wherever the car was, and we could see exactly where it was. In, in That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But it, even with that knowledge, they still thought, ah, maybe it's in the plane. We'll go look again one more time. I'm like, no, y'all, it's I, I see it right here on my phone. Mike's like, I don't know, man, maybe it's in the plane. It, it could be in the plane. I know. You were. No, no, it's true. Yes. Yeah. No, and that, and that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I just. He has no explanation. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's just, he's, he's he right. does. He's just now learning about this technology, man. <laughs> right. I was still just kind of like reeling on my tweet. I didn't know this phone, all this stuff. I didn't. <laughs> he's drumming up the next one. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to think about uh, what, what musician am I going to put in this next tweet? All right. One of the things that um, I was reading about on social media uh, with our followers for the Dale Jr. Download is a lot of people want us uh, to come up with a uh, word for uh, to instigate a drink a drinking game. Oh, really? Yeah. So basically, we're not going to pick that word. All right. No. Um, if you follow Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, please at Dirty Mo Media on Twitter. And uh, hashtag it DJD. Who else is going to use that hashtag? We'll know DJ exactly. Hashtag DJD word. Yeah. All right. Is that what right. we're doing? Yeah. It's a word. Hashtag DJD word. And let us know what the drinking word should be for our show. You guys can determine what it is, and that'll be the word. And we'll make sure to remind you every show. Uh, <laughs> how many drinks? What word? <laughs> That's you know true. how this makes you know, oh, So when you hear the word, you drink. So do we need a drink? No. Okay. No, not us. It's I mean, you can if you want, Mike. I think it would be more fun if we did. It's totally okay. We, we're we we're okay if you want to drink during the show. We don't know when people are listening to this show. Even though we do it in the mornings, we don't know when people are listening to it. So we're going to have a word uh, for all the drinkers out there that will uh, that'll appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Leah, we all, uh, we all had a great time this weekend. Leah, you got another dog? Not another dog. I got my my dog. I have a, I have a dog with my family in Illinois, but he's a oh he's been dog. living he's up a, there. Yeah, he's a farm dog. You like, went and rescued your dog. Well, I didn't. She didn't rescue didn't this rescue. dog. What happened? I went and picked him out. What breeder? She basically like bred a whole. No, I'm saying like you went to get your yeah, went, your dog. Yeah, so Friday afternoon you rescued him from from from, from the where? north. No, no, no. <laughs> that's not from where. No, no, no. I got a new dog. Like my, I, I have a. Seven and a half week old puppy. Did so you did get a dog. I yeah. did get a dog. That's but what I said. You went and got a dog. 
Yeah, when, I started this question asking if you got a new dog, and then you, you convinced then dog. you convinced me that no, it's well, an old family right, dog. I went dog. I went up there back to the old no. homestead and got my dog that's been living it's there. Not like you dumped the other dog, so no. it is another dog. It, well, Straighten but I don't I, I don't get to see the other dog as much. So how many damn dogs are in this <laughs> yeah, story? I'm confused. Yeah. Okay. That, how anyway. about a drinking game? Anytime we get confused about stuff <laughs> about my dog. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I have a seven and a half week old uh, miniature Australian Shepherd poodle. His name okay. is Hank. Hank the cow dog. He's amazing. I'm terribly worried about him right now. This is the longest I've left him. You know, I mean, I got him Friday. So. Oh, he's in your apartment. Yeah. Or house. Yeah. He's yeah. In my so apartment. he could be he's, destroying he, it. Well, he's in his kennel. Oh. And okay. I, so I, you're, I he's just you're worried about him being worried. Yes. I mean, he's a bit of a crier. He's a yeah. baby. Okay. So. Oh yeah. He's seven months. Seven weeks. Seven weeks. Seven and a half weeks. Oh my gosh, he's probably freaking out. I know. You know, so jo- I, I, uh, are you gonna work all day? Hell no, she's not. She's gonna go <laughs> three as, times to as, probably. Yeah, as soon as we're done. How close here. is home? Ten minutes. Oh, okay, yeah. So check on him all you need to. As soon as we're done here, I'm gonna. Once run he, home and once check he, on he him. once he's three months, you have to scale it back. Okay. But, but right. hold but up. I, oh, I, I, I want this dog to come visit me while I'm editing the show every once in a while, though. Hey, listen. He yeah, bring your dog to work. Please. Jonathan Davis. Isn't showed there a bring your dog to work day? Fridays. Fridays. Yeah. There you go. It's a zoo around here on Fridays. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Davis showed us that app where you can actually feed your dog from wherever you are. A and you Furbo. Can yeah, l- listen to her. She'll yeah. explain it. Furbo. Um, so I do it with my dog in Illinois. Um, it's a it's a camera, and it has treats. It's like It looks like a treat chart, but it has a camera in it. So I just go on my old Furbo app. And you can and, call for it. And them. I call him. I say, Ozzy. You want a treat? So and you then talk to your dog. I talk it. to my dog. I throw him a treat. He comes and, you know. Through your phone. Through my phone. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever seen that, Dale? Nope. I mean, <laughs> you can look at, talk to, and feed your dog a treat yeah. from wherever you are. Yeah. So I, I assume you'll do that, right, with this dog, Hank? I mean, Hank's only 10 minutes down the road, so I don't really need that. Yeah. But to I, see my dog in Illinois uh, at my parents' house, I need I need that. But I was FaceTiming him over the weekend. <laughs> And he yeah. could hear me talking to oh, my man. new puppy, and he was not happy. My goodness. He was he might have been a little jealous. It's because you're right. cheating on your original dog. I know, my OG. All right, what else we got <laughs> in this open segment? A uh, lot of chatter on social media about the vo- uh, Vortex Theory. DW would be glad we brought this up. But he <laughs> believes in the Vortex Theory, which is basically the fact that if cars are on the racetrack, if there's rain in the area, the fact that the cars, the heat that the cars are creating and moving and going around in that circle create enough of a of an effect on the on the weather that'll hold the rain off. It could be raining all around the racetrack, but it will not rain if there's cars on track racing at that particular area. When the cars stop, the rain will start. Uh, we have seen you know there be a threat of weather in uh, in a lot of races over the years, and as soon as the race is over, boom, it starts pouring. And DW swears that it's a vortex theory. I really don't know if he's just trolling everybody and truly believes it, but he talks about it all the time. You believe it? Um. I don't. I, really? I I don't believe it, Mike. Now th- th- this would be one of those categories of I couldn't care less. But I will say that he's not the only one that believes it. I mean, Mark like Martin my, believes. Well, it. Well, Mark Martin believes it. My father-in-law believes that he has a farm and he thinks the interstate prevents them from getting rain when they should be getting rain. Now he really does. And I mean, yeah. I mean, tell you, he'll. You, you, there ain't nothing going to change his mind. So I mean, I I, I don't think that DW is exclusive to that line no. of thinking. I Mark, believe so. it. Mark Martin believes it uh, believes it to do enough to to decrease low lying fog. And but he's not quite sure about rain uh, because how you know he says rain comes from so high in the in 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 the atmosphere that it's not possible. But 
I, I think DW just loves the fact that even people are talking about it. Jeff Gluck uh, was defiant about the uh, the notion of of the Vortex theory on Twitter. And um, I don't think Regan Smith believes it either. But there's some people that do. I think it's 50-50. I believe in that more than I believe in Santa Claus or Easter Bunny. I'm telling you, yeah. the Vortex Theory works. I made a joke about Santa Claus not being real on the internet. Damn, did I get burnt. I got oh, a no. burn on that one, yeah. I guess my question on this is that how the people that are defending the Vortex Theory, like the DWs and whatnot, I mean, how do they make an argument considering the race was rained out? But I've seen it. Well, there wasn't the there cars. Wasn't the cars, the cars couldn't get but going. All weekend they had delays. They had they had week. Oh, so you're saying that they never were on the track not Sunday? No, no, I'm talking about all weekend though. Friday was it not raining? Basically, I think DW thinks that if the cars can get out there and get going enough to get the heat built up into the surface, the and rain the, will not. The, the air the, surface. No matter what rain moves in, it will not rain. But it that we've seen rain yeah, races get halted for rain many many times. You ever been in the pool and done that deal where you, you and your friends no. run around in a circle? And you get the whirlpool going as you're when you're a kid. Yeah. It's the same damn thing with what air. Is, what? No. It's the same thing with air. No. I think see, I'm hey, I might be a cars, minority. I believe it. Car your cars may be doing that at, at twenty feet, but no higher. You don't think that air moves up? No. No. Well heat rises. Heat rises, that's for sure. We do know that. That is undis- undisputable. But but that's about as far as I know about what the, the rest of that, okay. <laughs> where it goes from there. <laughs> I'm a believer. I've seen it too many times. Well, All right. We got a believer in here. All right. Before we move on, I got a buddy of mine coming in the door, Josh Berry. He's a big winner this weekend at A Speedway. Josh Berry, he's got his oh, check, he's got his it. trophy. <laughs> Why are you this. bringing it? You're going to let us have it? Oh, man. That's cool. Come on in. Hold on. Let me help you out. That's that so trophy's cool. awesome. Look at that. Damn. <laughs> have a seat, Josh. Put on, put on them earphones. Appreciate you coming in late notice. I just basically texted you a minute ago, <laughs> and you, yeah. you you came on over here, so thank you. And the reason you're here is because you won. You won at Ace this past weekend. You've never won at Ace. You won pretty much everywhere. How many wins you got on the Cars Tour? This was the 15th one. How many you got in your career? About 52 or 3 now. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you said it in your interview post-race that we've you've been here for 10 years? Just about. Jeez. He gets a watch. So, <laughs> next, I think it's yeah. I think I, I said ten, but I think it's actually nine. Yeah. It's coming. Mom, mom uh, passed away a couple weeks ago, and you dedicated the win to her. Thank you. I know it was emotional for you. You mentioned it in your post race interview. How when you came here uh, from Nashville, you actually lived with them, mom and Willie, for a few months. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I remember it like yesterday. I mean, it, thinking back on it now, now that I'm older, I think how crazy it was. Really, that's right. Just, I mean, what just hurt them allowing me to live there they're probably like who the hell is this guy i can only imagine the conversation when you called them text them say hey i got this guy that's gonna live for a couple months you know, like, i'm sure but, brendan uh, might have had an opinion about that yeah i would say definitely <laughs> definitely it was good for you because uh i, I mean not, you weren't crazy or wild or anything like that as a young younger kid but you know i think it had it kind of helped you become far part of the family very quickly um to have that have that relationship with them and have that guidance from them but um Man, I've worked. The one thing that I love about you is that we've had late models for a long time. We've been in racing for a while. We ran in the Pro Cup Series. We obviously have Xfinity cars and all that. But we've never had the success in the late models that I was hoping that we would have. And I didn't as a driver. Um, and that made me, that's what made uh, winning in the late model series so important and so special to me is because I know how hard it is. And uh, I never attained it. I never attained that kind of success as a driver or as an owner until we got to working together. And the car that you had this weekend at Ace, to me, uh, you can you can speak on it because you drove it, but to me, I think might have been 
compared to the field, the best car that I you've ever had. It was it was really good. We uh, we took a little bit different approach. That place honestly was pretty similar to Martinsville yeah. in a weird way, and we kind of took what we learned there last year and applied it to this on a little bit you know diff- some different things and. We worked on some long runs in practice and felt like we were pretty good. We didn't feel like we were the fastest car, but we felt like, you know, once it got going, we were going to be pretty good. And then third lap of the race, we turned around and we're like, all right then. So How did that start, happen? They, a couple of them in front of me just kind of got together. They were, you fight for the bottom so bad, the car in front of me was just trying to get down and kind of cut the guy off. And we stacked up in the car behind me, got into me, and it caused a chain reaction. There was about two or three of us ended up turned yeah. around. So you had to go to the back of the field at the start of the race. And where did you, you start, by the way? Eighth. Okay, so you start eighth, get lapped up in a wreck on lap three, and then what happened? I'm oh, I was going to ask the same question, oh, where, okay. you, where you started. So you go to the back of the field after the spin out, and you drove all the way back up into the top five, right? Top, mm-hmm. Yep, and then you got you got in another accident. No, we made it to about tenth and got in another wreck. Yeah, and it kinda, on a restart. Yeah, but it really didn't. We didn't really actually go to the back again. I thought you were done when that happened on that restart. Guy jumped over your right rear tire. Uh, typically, that can do some pretty bad damage yeah. to the quarter panel and, and not only the cosmetically, but hurt the suspension of the car. Um, did it change the way the car drove at all? It, all these, all this framming and bamming, spinning out, getting ran into, the car <laughs> never changed. No, the first time, the first hit, we really didn't hit anything. The second time, it, it damaged the quarter panel, but uh, it really wasn't that bad. It yeah. just kind of broke it, but luckily it didn't really get the tire. I figured, I mean, that's what we were worried about was that we were going to have a tire going down or something. When you mm. spun out earlier in the race, that hurt those set of tires at all none. Wow. I guess not. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> it's so crazy. If it, I lost, I guess I could have blamed that. Right. <laughs> You're preparing, right? Um, so tell us about the rest of the race. I mean, you you drove up to the front and really just kind of looked like the the only, you looked like you were in a class of your own. Yeah. The you know after the spin out, we I think we were 18th or 20th or something like that, and we were just kind of talking amongst ourselves. We were like, we just got to be patient because it's the tracks are boring and there's going to be wrecks, and we just kind of started picking them off one at a time and. And before we knew it, I think by lap 40, we were like sixth or seventh. And mm. then a couple laps later, we're like fifth. And then once we got to the top five, we were like, all right, we kind of took our time a little bit from there and just tried to just pick them off. And really, it was pretty important there to kind of stay in an odd position because the bottom was good on the restart. So we kind of tried to get do a, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting third. And, and then I was actually pressuring the leader pretty good. And then we had a caution. I was trying to get the lead. Right. And, then, and then I got him on the next restart which was with about 35 to go and i think the uh the one thing that i love about late model racing and and i've i've i hassle you to death about this is the tire conservation you know we don't have a ton of tire con- conservation in the top three series those are bulletproof good years and and you just haul ass and and run qualifying laps every lap fast as you can go and in the late model series you guys have to have to take care of your tires i love that being part of the process. I love that being an, a, a thing that not everybody's good at or uh, a, a thing that maybe you can use to your advantage. And um, so tell me about like the process of doing that in, I guess, in this race this weekend. When you get spun out and you go to the back, I thought at that time, I'm like, well, he's going to have to use his car up a little bit more than he probably wants to to try to work his way back to the front. So how do you conserve yet get yourself toward the front? You know, those guys up front aren't having to do that. They're they're just kind of taking care of their tires, riding wherever they want to be, waiting on that end. Um, were you worried about using up some of your car and your tires and what you would have left at the end? Yeah, for sure. I think when it initially happened, you know, we actually 
discussed on whether we should just run to try to run through the field and just get back up front or if we should actually kind of hang out back there for a little bit and try to use it to you know to save and then try to make a run later in the race but the place really didn't wear tires real bad and track position was so important and just we needed to just get up front with some better cars really so we just kind of decided to go with it but I mean you see it from what you watch I mean that's the hardest part you know because you because you know you need a lot of the places you know you need to give up track position to save your tires but then a lot of times it puts you in some bad bad situations yeah when y'all go race at Myrtle Beach you literally are two seconds off what your car's potential pace is trying to save tires right yeah and and, and now it's to the point where it's everyone does it and it almost to me has a feel like that race specifically it almost reminds me of like a plate race or something like I'm more mentally exhausted after a race at Myrtle Beach than anywhere we go because we're constantly on top of each other you're constantly looking ahead of you I mean I imagine it would be like a plate race or something because you're watching what's happening in front of you more than what you're doing really because everyone's just so you're just worried about somebody checking up and you piling into them or something you know it's crazy it's Mm. uh everywhere is a little different but they all of them I mean the majority of the places we run around here especially in North Carolina are pretty hard on the tires really that's so I love that man I miss that you know about I miss that a little bit about cup racing uh, is the tire conservation part of it, but I think only I think it's a lot to do with the buy supply as well. But great job by you, man. Um, he was where, pumped. He was texting everybody. I was. The weekend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he knows that. I text the shit out of him whether he wins or loses. Is that right? Yeah. What, 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 <laughs> like how many uh, texts a week do you get from Dale or weekend? It's all on race day. Yeah, most oh, of okay. it's on race day, but. <laughs> There's one in particular I can think of I wasn't too happy to get, but yeah, <laughs> we've had, but yeah, well, he's been, gonna, are you going to tell us what yeah. it is? Yeah. Well, what, yeah. at the first race at Southern National, we took off and led the majority of it, and I got knocked out of the way on the last lap. Yeah. Led, like, what, 145 of 150 yeah. or whatever, and lost it on the last lap, and he's texting me, right? Right as soon as I get out of the car, I look at my phone, and it's, what the hell are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man. Do you remember doing that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was like. Why, why didn't you have more tire? What did you do? What was the deal? What would you do different? And I just, you know, I'm sitting, <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, I'm so, I, I just enjoy our late model program. And yeah. I enjoy what Josh does. And I love his success. And I want to win. And I want to run every race we can run. Because I know we got a shot at winning every one of them. And, uh, and so I'm just always inquisitive about where his head's at. And not only on what, you know what he's doing in that particular race, but like his thought on the season and what his how he's processing and what the years, because he, the thing about their deal is he's going to run the cars tour and if I'm incorrect, straighten me out. He's got the cars tour and he's got some big races he wants to run, but it's a little fluid. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he can change his mind or make or add things to the schedule or take things away and and so I'm constantly kind of th- want to know where his head's at and what he's thinking about and I mean just I, I'm just so. so Blown. I mean, we've been winning races for several years now, but it still, ha- I still hasn't sunk in yet. I guess. Well, but now you can watch most all of them, can't you? I mean, that, that's exactly. one of the big differences. Yeah, now he can watch say. you. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. I, and I love the fact of how engaged he is now because I, I would say that me and you are probably closer than we've ever been because I mean, every week he's texting me. Did you watch? You know, we're talking about the races and talking about what we do. And I think me and him are probably even closer on yeah. the same page of what where we're at with our program than we were because i mean before he was always gone racing i yeah, mean right. you know, now he's able to sit down and watch it and and understand it a little better and see you know like that's a little bit of from what you know my side of things you know right in the first uh he's been there 10 years we've been racing for a long time in the in the last several years i've basically gotten all the information from lw lw is uh, a big uh proponent of the program early we're actually uh keep it we keep the cars at lw shop over by the drag strip 
So LW has been involved heavily with Josh and the program for a long, long time. And for many years, I, a lot of times wouldn't even text Josh. I would just talk to LW or LW would tell me how things were going. We had two cars that race. We got Adam Lemke this year in our other car. And um, so we're just all the time asking ideas on, you know, I'm just all the time talking to LW mainly. But this year I've been more with Josh. Um, as Josh gets older, he's uh, just got married, uh, going to be building his family. Um, I'd like to, you know, be available to him for uh, advice on that or whatever he wants. You know, he's got LW and, and, and he goes to him quite a bit and he's got a lot of other friends. But I don't know. I just uh, I got more time on my hands, the opportunity to be more involved, be more inquisitive. And um, I've told him I'm going to go to some races this year. I haven't made I haven't made good on that promise yet, but I hope I'll be able to get to a few and actually driving one. I talked to Amy about it and she's like, you ain't running no late models. Them kids will spin you out on purpose. And uh, I was told her, I said, well, they go to Myrtle Beach and they run two seconds off the pace for, for on purpose. It's like, you can't crash. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, all right, maybe you can go there. Cause I used to race there all the time, but don't, we're going to, you can't tell her that it's one of the toughest races you run all year. She'll not let me run it. There you go. But you know, I would say, she, we don't have to worry, she won't listen to the podcast. But being that she was oh, on it, she might she actually might. listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, man, Adam Lemke, we talked about him. He's the new guy this year. How's he doing? He's doing well. Yeah. I mean, he's from the West Coast, and I, and I feel pretty sure that the racing's a little bit different, at, yeah. you know, expe- especially in that Cars Tour from what he's used to. So he's adjusting to that a little bit. I mean, it's just a little more. Just more difficult, really, is the yeah. main thing. And he's get, but he's already starting to show improvement. I mean, the last couple finishes in the tour have been pretty good for you know, just about learning. I mean, you just gotta just gotta make laps, finish the races, and and build on it. Good partners are hard to come by in the sport, especially down at the late model series. You got a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Mark Thomas with All Things Automotive. He's a, kind of like a family friend of Brian Schaefer that works for us, and they you know they're they've been tight for years, and uh, he's come on board and he loves it. I mean, he watches the races. I mean, I. I can't thank him enough for everything he's doing for us. Really, I mean, he, he, uh, it's it's tough at that level to find sponsorship, and he just loves the short track race, and he loves being able to watch the races on, on the on the broadcast like you do. And it just like I said, after every race, he's he's you two are probably the first two texts we get. It's one That's from awesome. him and from you. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he texts me again this morning. and Was all excited about our win and still. So it's a. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's just been – I feel very fortunate to be able to do this for as long as I have. You know, I said like nine years well, that we've been young. doing this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's, it's – been... Fans are going to want to know too, uh, and I hear this a lot of times, where's your next race? Next race is Motor Mile on the May 18th. May 18th, Car Motor Mile. Um, this is cool. A lot of fans uh, are going to – and it's going to pick right back up after they hear this podcast. Your uh, opportunities beyond late model stocks. We've got we've had opportunities to run you in Xfinity Series. There's been a few truck races that you've you've created opportunities for yourself. Is there anything going down right now? Not really. No. <laughs> but, I, but it seems like whenever something doesn't, you know, I think it's kind of dead, and you know, something comes up. But right. it's just it's like you said. I mean, we've worked hard to create opportunities here. It's just it just gets harder and harder. And I think uh, with what I do short track racing as an involved as I am, am with the day-to-day operations of our team, it makes it hard to go out and, and find stuff. Search I mean, cause I, yep. cause it, it, I think that's the hardest part is because I'm just so, such a, just so Saturday night short track race minded, you know, just, I'm always looking to the next race. I'm always like, what do I need to do to the car? What do we got to fix? When, you know, so it, it just makes it hard to, to really sure. find the opportunities. Well, we're not, we're not done trying. We'll always keep trying to, to find ways to, to get you those opportunities. Beyond that, though, you're starting a little bit of a new, um, I would consider it new, occupation, and that's a bit of a driver coach. And so who you been working with there? I've been working with Sam Mayer, some on that. He drove for us last year in the late model, and he's 
made a step to ARCA and k and with GMS. So I've been going along with them some uh, when I have some time to yeah. test and, and a couple of his races. And he's honestly starting to run well enough yeah. where I'm not sure he's going to need me much longer. But <laughs> maybe, he's, uh, <laughs> maybe you're helping him run well. I would, I would like so. to think so. Yeah. I would like to think so. Yeah, he had a tough one at South Boston. I, I caught, saw a part of that. It reminded, he had the race one, had a caution right at the end, like two to two or three to go. And then he got yeah. knocked out of the way on the restart and lost it. And yeah. Those are tough ones to lose, Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. A lot of stories coming out of South Boston this year. Hadn't there been? It's just short track <laughs> racing. It, yeah. it, what, you're, what you're hearing out of South Boston is happening everywhere on every Saturday night. Yeah. Um, well, Josh, thanks for coming in. Yes, Appreciate sir. it. We're so proud of you, buddy. Big old trophy. Good yeah. luck at Motor Mile coming up May 18th. Yep. And uh, we'll definitely, if we're not there, we'll be tuning in. Is there a way to watch that one? Same same deal, the Car Store TV. Car Store TV. Yeah. yeah. Car Store TV, May 18th. See if Josh can. you got some great success at Motor Mile. See if you can make it two in a row. Um, zipper, zipper Cooter. Zip, Damn it. Zipper Cooter. <laughs> Maxicum Samirity. <laughs> Hiring is a challenge. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. Businesses. I can't even say that. <laughs> Business says this. <laughs> that place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience to invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Mm-hmm. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. D-A-L-E-J-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. The smartest way to hire ZipRecruiter. With some gusto. Yeah. Ask Junior Live. This is the Ask Junior Live portion of the show presented by Nationwide. And uh, we've had a great show. So we got hopefully got some great questions today for the rest of the show. Let's go. Yeah, let's kick it off. Um, we actually asked our fans this yesterday, and I want to hear your take on it. With the Dover race being greened out, We, I'm betting some people are playing hooky today to stay home and watch it. So mm. do you have a, a tail playing hooky? Um, yeah, actually, <laughs> actually I did. Um, <laughs> my sister, uh, used to skip school all the time. She had great grades, but, um, uh, skipped high school all the time. One time I was in class and the, they called me to the principal's office. I go to the principal's and they're like, Hey, uh, somebody's out front needs to see you, your sister. I'm like, my sister, she's not in school. Like I'm in school. She's not here. I go out and she's at the front of the school, skipping school and came by school. I don't even remember why she needed to tell me something. Um, oh, she had a car accident, and she's, like, driving a different car. I walk over there, and I'm like, "What? why you got this car? She's like, I ran in the back of somebody, and I went to the dealership, and they gave me this car while mine's getting fixed. Oh, wow. And she was skipping school and drove to the school <laughs> and called me out of class. To tell you. Like, wait a minute. I know, right? So she went to the <laughs> yes, scene of ex- crime. She went, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bold. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was one instance, and maybe she can she can uh, you know we'll have her on the show and uh, to to tell her side of that because there's got to be more to it. Got to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she skipped school, got in a car accident, came to the school to tell me about it because she's like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "Well, you n- don't need to be here." <laughs> uh, I don't know what much, but I know that. <laughs> yeah. And so um, 
but I, she, that, she didn't encourage me. That encouraged me. Oh, Kelly's skipping. I'm going to skip. So mm. me and my buddies are like, dude, let's skip school. We ain't never done that. Where are we going to go? Well, we're in Mooresville, so we're going to go up to Statesville and go to the mall in Statesville, and we'll just hang out up there. Nobody will know, right? We're up there hanging out at the mall. We're walking around eating uh, Chick-fil-A and, and buying CDs and doing what you do. This is like 1991, 92, and uh, there was some traffic cones in the uh they were doing some work on the parking lot or something and and i was like man we i want one of them cones my buddy's like yeah we should steal a cone so we're driving oh my god oh we're like these are the it's a cone right not the barrel so i'm like all right here's how we're gonna do it i'm gonna drive by the cone you're gonna reach out the truck window you're gonna reach it's a single cab single cab truck you're gonna grab it and just hinge it into the bed of the truck nobody's ever gonna see a thing he timed he did it perfectly just as we designed Right, I go home. I got this cone. I'm like, oh shit, what am I gonna do with this cone now? Like, where am I gonna put it? Dad's gonna know I stole it. He's gonna know what he's gonna be. It's not like you know you can't put a sign, a stop sign in your room and not get asked how that got there. <laughs> so, I got this cone, and there's an empty lot next to our house, and it's uh, there's a bunch of pine needles lining this empty lot, a bunch of pine trees, and so I buried the cone. I thought. In these pine needles, all right, under these trees. A couple days go by. I'm like, I don't know what to do with the cone. It's just going to stay there, all right? Dad comes over, and he goes, hey, come here. And he walks me out there, and we're walking toward that damn... I know it. I know it. Like, I'm walking toward it. Everybody's been in this situation with their dad where you've done something wrong, you broke something, you've done something, and he's walking you to it, and he ain't saying a word. And you know where you're going. Mm. You're wondering what's going to happen when you get there. I'm feeling a little of the nerves exactly. right now. So we're walking up to there, and he points, and that thing's a little bit uncovered. And it, he, it, the, he saw the orange, Ugh. and he's like, what's this? You put this here, didn't you? I was like, yeah. And now I'm thinking, how in the hell do I tell the story without getting knowing that I'm playing hooky, right? Yeah. you could have th- you, It's hard to think of that on the fly for sure. Hell yeah. Yes. He, and your dad, they know you're lying. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I got in trouble for stealing the cone. He's like, I didn't tell him that I was playing hooky. He made me return the cone. That was Dad's so he, thing. So you were able to get out of that just yeah. for the basically. Uh, <laughs> I did not get in trouble for playing hooky, but I had to physically take the cone back. Yeah. Okay. That's not yeah. a big deal though. I know. That's fine. I God. thought my ass was in trouble. Here's boy. what I'm wondering: How many? Just ballpark. How many acres does your dad have at this point? We're, this is on the lake, so we're in a oh, two-acre okay. two-acre lot. Okay. And next to us is a two-acre empty lot. Gotcha. Which is now built. Still, but four acres. The high, You couldn't hide I that don't cone know. any better. I do, I do, it was in the one place where you thought he'd never look. Yeah. I don't know how he's... No, no. I'm thinking more of how impressive it is that there ain't honestly, a spot on his land that you're going to be able to do something like that. Honestly, him now that I think about it, if he stands on the... If he goes... His house, his bedroom is on the second floor with a balcony on the back, and if he goes out that balcony, he's got a perfect vantage point to see that damn thing. <laughs> Especially orange sitting yeah. out in the woods. Somehow, somehow it could unco- got become uncovered. Ugh. But yeah, I played a little hooky. We had some uh, people chime in on Twitter over the, over the weekend, and uh, Kevin White said he and his buddy cut class and went to breakfast. They ran into his buddy's dad, who was supposed to be at work, 
when the, when his dad confronted them, he said, aren't you supposed to be at, at school? And his buddy said, aren't you supposed to be at work? <laughs> and his dad replied, I won't tell mom if you don't. That's nice. <laughs> nice. I thought that was really good. Yeah. And then Jen, um, she took her youngest son to qualifying at Richmond and didn't tell her oldest son. And when they got home, he was waiting at the door to say, I saw you guys on TV. Oh, Damn. Busted. Wow. <laughs> Hey, real quick, that, that reminds me, I cut school one time, and you, when you s- mentioned that about your father, it made me think of this, and I was walking down this big hill from my high school with my buddy, Mike Durlay, and we're like, oh, man, we're cool, we're going to go get some pizza, play some video games, and we come down this hill, and I see my father's red and white pickup truck coming up the hill, and I'm like, there was nowhere to go. He stopped, turned around, where are you boys going? I'm like, uh, hop in, I'll take you there. Yeah. So he took us there. I knew he let us go and cut school, but I knew when I got home, I was in big trouble. <laughs> Dang. Hey, you know what this reminds me of? <laughs> Remember the fella from Canada that showed up here and t- to watch us tape a Dale Jr. download, yeah. and you let him in, and you were so he, – he was from Canada, and he drove all the way down here, and you were taking pictures with him, and you were doing this and on your phone, not for him, but for you. You were just uh-huh. enamored by it. And then the guy comes to me and he goes, hey, what do you think Dale Jr. is going to do with those photos? And I said, if I know him, he's already posted it. And he goes, if y'all could hold off posting that because my work doesn't know I'm down here. I caught in sick. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's that great. That is awesome. Uh, we had a lot of people talk about uh, John Force last week, and we got a question uh, from Amber. After having John Force on, have you ever wanted to race in an NHRA funny car or any other (sighs) type of drag car? I, uh, you know, I think I've always, you're always curious as to what other cars drive like and, and like, um, certainly curious as to what the launch feels like. Oh, yeah. Um, I was thinking about that at Kentucky Derby. I'm like, I never really put my mind to it, but imagine when the gate is, when the horse takes off, like hanging on, not mm. being left in the gate. <laughs> it, right. Like that probably takes some pretty strong concentration not to just be jer- jerked right off the back of that horse. Because then things just go. And I imagine being thrown back into that seat, uh, the G-forces that those guys experience is got to be incredible. I mean, by the time you realize what's going on and you kind of catch up to what's happening, it's time to pull the chute and it's over with. I'd have to do it many times to really get an appreciation for it, I think. Just like when you go to um, Talladega or somewhere, or Bristol, one of those more wild uh, experiences – it takes a lot of laps before things slow down and you go, oh, man, this is cool. You know, you're kind of way behind and, and mentally and physically way behind what's happening uh, for a while before you appreciate exactly how cool it is. Uh, David wants to know, what's your favorite Chevy model they, uh, that they've made throughout the years and do you have a favorite year? My favorite Chevrolet is the Laguna, and I got a 76 Blue Laguna. Um, I love that car. That car had a lot of great success in the Cup Series for Kel Yarbrough. Um, actually, uh, he won a couple championships with it. NASCAR outlawed the Laguna because it's superior downforce and aero. Yeah, they um, they would not allow that car after '78. I believe the, the Laguna went away uh, because it was just uh, too good. I guess mm. uh, the, if you look at the nose of that car versus maybe the Olds Cutlass and and uh, yeah just uh, it probably just had better downforce and and so forth it wasn't a great super speedway car but it was awesome on the mile and a half and the short tracks and so forth and uh i like the way it looks i just love the from 75 to 1980 i love those big cars i got a old four, uh, 442 and uh 77 and a 76 uh, laguna 
JJ Durham uh, says he met you several several years ago near Bristol when you and your buddies brought your RC cars and played on our track made like BMS. Do you still mess with the RC stuff much? That's funny, man. I, I was just I have such anxiety over the piles uh, of boxes and parts and pieces of RC stuff that I still have. I remember going over to that track in, at, near Bristol and playing. Uh, at that particular time, me, Tony Senior, Tony Junior, we were all kind of into it. And we would we would go to test at Greenville Pickens, and then we'd go over to the RC track right there, right there next to the racetrack, and play. Um, we had my own. I built an RC car track at my house that we that we ran at a lot. Tony Senior and then would come over. We got into the quarter scales at one time. I've got quarter scale chassis, parts, really? bent bent parts, broke parts, still good parts. I got half cars uh, that we've torn apart trying to put things you know put other cars together and fix fix bent sheet uh, bent suspension. I've got boxes and boxes of RC cars that I never ever got put together and and we did i got i got a battery electric i got gas i guess my pride and joy i've got three cars that leonard wood built leonard wood builds uh 10th scales and 12th scales that are amazing really amazing amazing pieces of machinery man i mean they are complex leonard wood of the wood brothers can build the hell out of an rc car independent suspension and all that and he built uh, he he builds uh, gas powered ones uh, primarily, and he's built he built me two a couple years ago, and I have them put up. They'll never run a lap. They'll never fire. Um, I'll keep them. I, one's got a orange bright orange body on it, and the other's a clear lex, uh, clear body that I'll never paint, and uh, I'll keep them forever. I want to uh, see that. Thing. Yeah. So he I've had one that I've ran of his that he built for a long time. But those two he made for me, and I'll never use them. He built them for me to race, but I, I just, uh, being who he is and the history of the Wood Brothers, I'll, I'll keep that forever. Uh, this question is actually from Mike Davis. Hashtag Ask Mike Davis from Colby. I thought you were <laughs> retiring after the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> we, uh, you know what? That's funny. We actually talk about this uh, on the show, so I'm not going to go elaborate on any of that. Is that a teeth joke? I'll stop. I was wondering. That blows my mind. How did we go that wow. whole day at the Kentucky is, Derby without you hitting me up? I was wondering joke? if you ran into your family oh, over there. Stop. <laughs> no, I was thinking, is he related to John Force? Because I watched the, yeah. the NBC show, and you guys both have the most perfect bridge of teeth. It yeah. was kind of uncanny like you're related. John Force does? That, that, yeah. that, there you go. Maybe some of those horses were a little jealous. <laughs> when they saw Mike Beeman up there in the grandstand, <laughs> that's why. That's why. The, that's why he drifted why, wide. Yeah, that's why he drifted wide. He got distracted by <laughs> Oh my hey, god! Can I just say something real quick? Yes. Yeah. Um, there's news on this right now. Oh, there's news right now. On what? So the owner of uh, Maxicum's Maxicum Maxicum Security. He's not been able to say. I've that not word. been able to say this all week. I'm putting that in every ad read he's ever going to. The, one, the winner of Max. Maximum security <laughs> owner Gary West told Today Show he ain't running the horse in the Preakness. Oh, he's wow. worth West is worth one point one billion, so Preakness money and a further loss in the horse's stud fees is immaterial. Uh, and he's apparently going on and and uh, not holding back. Yeah, he's he's laying the lumber right oh, there. Man. So there's some good news for, on that him. horse that good he has. <laughs> I would say this, you know, regardless of what he did in the Preakness, would I bet his stud fees are pretty set. I mean, the yeah. success there is 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 made, uh, no matter whether he raced again or not. I don't know that he could improve the stud fees. Um, I mean, if he, you know, you could. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, if you win one of those triple crown, what? 
races. I can't talk. Now. I think that Just what he did in the Derby is enough for him yeah. to have a kick ass. Can you imagine the build up though to the Preakness and to the Belmont Stakes if he's in that race? I mean, that would have been fun just from yeah. a news cycle. But yeah. anyways, what, we're, we're such well, horse racing not, experts. Now. I know. Like, yeah, all That's of a sudden just, we're all horse racing me, experts. I well, didn't just, even go. Let's, let's just remind, let's just remember this is today, and the guys. A com- competitor and 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 he knows his team and his horses and his trainers are too and their their opinions could change. Yeah, of course. So of course. So there. You I go. hope that he would race and you know if he did he would be a huge fan favorite. Oh yeah, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Um, this is a good question from Mike. Uh, Mike Fitch, would it be possible to do a weekend at Charlotte using three different tracks to help maybe help attendance? Thinking trucks on dirt on Friday. Xfinity on the Roval and then run the 600 on the Oval. The only thing is, is to change the Roval to the Oval is impossible. You can't run the Roval one day and the Oval the next. You know, there's too much preparation that goes into creating the Roval uh, that you couldn't do it. So that's not an option, I don't believe. I love the first part. What do you think about the first part? Trucks on dirt, perfect. Yeah, run them. Run them on the dirt out there. Whatever they want to do. I think you could have all kinds of dirt racing all week long over at Charlotte, Charlotte's Dirt Track out there in front of the track. You could have Legends cars racing on the drag race, the front straightaway oval. <laughs> yeah, drag racing, whatever. Bring I mean, it all. Hey, by the, way, by the way, I got to just jump in here. This guy comes back for the Kentucky Derby, Dale. I'm, and the first thing he freaking says to us is I walk in his office. I'm like, dude, how about the Derby? That was awesome. He's like, how about that drag race? And I was like, <laughs> he's wait a minute. <laughs> he's addicted. Oh, yeah, he's watching. He's wide open addicted. It Shout might, out to Ron Caps. It, it, it might or might not be in our white flag. <laughs> it's hard to, hard to say at this point. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Let's, should we do one more? Yeah, do one more. Come on. Oh, how about this one? This is a fun one. Um, Cinco de Mayo was yesterday. So anybody celebrate? I, didn't I did. Even, I didn't even know that. And usually you hear it. I yeah. didn't. I had a margarita. Me and uh, Isla and Amy got in a swimming pool. The uh, thunder clouds came. We were on the end there for about 30 minutes. Um but that's about all we did. We had oh, we had some tacos. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Perfect. It's good. Hey, D- Dale's been working so hard, and and this is no lie. Like he's been on uh, on high alert of just every day. It seems like, and it ain't ending today. Uh, he's got tomorrow, Wednesday. But it, the fact is, is that I I don't blame you for taking a day just by the pool and not going crazy on yeah. something. That that would have been well, the way to do it. Y'all had a good time at the Derby. I yeah. didn't get to uh, do any of that. I mean, I, w- I had a great time, but I didn't get to have any drinks or anything. Um, so when we got home, I had a few beers uh, after that, and then a uh, uh, margarita yesterday. You did take a sip of the, uh, the ju- mint julep. julep. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> not good, but like you have to have one when yeah, you're there. You got to get I, the glass. He had enough. It's of all it. liquor, man. It's just this straight Kentucky bourbon. I don't drink my liquor straight. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a mint in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could fool me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's it for today. Uh, Thanks to Nationwide for our sponsor of the Ask Junior segment. So today is the first of many Valvoline do-it-yourself questions of the week. Dale, we've heard you claim that you were the fastest oil changer when you worked at your dad's dealership. But I'm I'm curious, is there anyone who can actually attest for that? Are we going off your word alone? Also, we want to know how fast you could actually do this. By yourself, of course, no help. How fast could you do these oil changes? So you never, need, you don't need help doing an oil change. That's ridiculous to even think. But at a service uh, that, dealership, you might. Nope. There's no, there's no damn reason two people are trying to do one job. Okay. So I'm insulted. Anyway. <laughs> well, you should be. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. We um, basically this was back in 1994, uh, around that time frame. I was uh, I graduated from uh, technical college to auto- with an automotive degree. Went into work at my dad's dealership as a mechanic 
you start out, or I started out, as a quick lube guy. We had a 29 minutes or less deal on a GM Goodrich quick lube service, and I could do it in eight minutes. Whoa. Yeah, I could do it in eight. And really, I never even tried to do it very quickly until they put me on commission. And I'd been asking to go on commission for a long, long time. And eventually, they said, okay, we'll put you on commission. I was making about take home $150 a week uh, after taxes. And then when I worked commission for that one week, I made $350. And they took me back off commission <laughs> um, because they could not afford to pay a quick lube guy $350 a week. But and that eight minutes was soup to nuts, like 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 the whole deal? or was Of course. They, I mean – yeah, <laughs> he's what about to get offended again. But look, I mean, that's a good. What question. do you think I'd do at half ass? No, I mean, I would just want to know uh, what I mean, it was time for. Like the time just, the thing pulls I don't, into the I don't, deal. I don't give you. a... F- oh yeah, when the when the customer sees the car pull in and the customer sees the car pull out. Oh, I mean, it's twenty nine minutes or less. So basically, it was putting the car up on, you know, bring the car in, put it on a lift, change the filters, change the oil, check all check check all the other fluids. Oh, you didn't have a pit. You had the lift. That lift's included in that time. That's impressive because the pit would be quicker. No, I had a, a, a hydraulic lift. lift. Yeah, that takes longer. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I didn't really think about that, but it was easy. Eight minutes. You just sort of got in a rhythm of what you needed to be doing, and and oil can be draining while you're doing something else and all that good stuff. I loved it, man. I had a lot of fun working at that dealership. I had an immaculate bay and tools and, and kept everything clean, kept everything. I had my, I uh, clear-coated my vice. I mean, I had a very, very clean area, organized all my filters in the filter cabinet in the right, in the right place, and um, I could work very efficiently. When they put me on commission, I was done the job as fast as I could, but also it was good for me if somebody needed a transmission service or needed a shock replaced. So I slowed down to be a little more, mm. uh, I guess, critical of diagnosing this car to say, hey, man, you know, I can make a little money if I can change this transmission fluid and filter and do a transmission job real quick. So that might make it a little bit longer. Uh, it's no longer a 29-minute or less quick lube job. It's 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 more. So then that... that oh. Yeah, the time goes away, and you just do the job, do the other jobs that you need to do on the car to get it serviced. Um, but if I was just doing a quick oil change, I could do it in eight minutes. Of course, there's some failures and, and mistakes during that particular time. One time, I, I I forgot to put the filter on the car, cranked it up, backed it out, drove it into the parking lot, and parked it for the customer with a with a trail of oil all the way back to my bay because I forgot to put the filter on. It just basically, when you crank the motor, it just pumped all the oil right out of the filter, right out of where the filter goes. I was about to ask if you could still do it that quickly today because I actually am no, due for an oil probably change. Probably not. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask you to do it for well, me. Timing. I probably could do it in 15 minutes, but not after that filter store. You're not <laughs> yeah. gonna. Yeah. No, I think I'll. I think I'll <laughs> oh, I was it. so proud of myself. I, I mean, I'm, I back this car out. I pull it around, and I turn. I get out, and I stand up and look over the roof of the car back <laughs> to the shop, and every mechanic <laughs> is standing <laughs> in my open bay door, looking at me, laughing their <laughs> ass off. Um, I could tell you some other stories uh, about. I eventually got fired from that dealership. My dad's dealership fired me. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. they did. That's also the do-it-yourself thing. He got himself fired by himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we could tell that story another day if you want. Um, the other thing I'm doing yes, uh, in the in the Valvoline do-it-yourself uh, realm is this eight-car restoration. There's been a little progression there. I talked a little oh. bit about it earlier in the show. I changed the steering wheel. So I went on eBay, and I bought a time period correct Schroeder steering wheel for the car did not have the correct steering wheel so I drove I basically Amy was off uh, doing something downtown Charlotte me and Isla 
took a little stroller walk down to that to the shop where the car is and i tried to change the steering wheel there but she wasn't letting me do that um i got about halfway done um but eventually finished the job so i got a new steering wheel or a correct steering wheel in the car i need a old banjo matthews seat so banjo Math- banjo matthews made the seats and this is this is a seat that would be any time around late 70s mm-hmm. up till um 87 or so 80 89 um Buck, bucket low bucket it's a low bucket seat yeah banjo matthew made the seat um I need one of those. I called around to people, like Ray Everham, a couple other guys. Ray has one that I can copy. So I called Corey LaJoy. Mm. And I know Corey and his dad, uh, Randy, have been building seats forever. I said, hey, man, I need a banjo seat made. And he's like, we, we just had one that was an old Benny Parsons seat. And they gave it to the Hall of Fame. I was like, darn. He said, but I can make it. I can make it so good that banjo won't even be able to tell the difference. And so Corey's going to build me a seat for this car, which is going to be awesome. And uh, it seemed he was he was seemed very excited to do it. Uh, Ray has a seat that we can take some pictures of and get a very close copy of it. So I got that was the other thing. I need a seat. I also talked to my uncle Robert, who built the helped build the car. He put the body on the car. He agreed to do the restoration or help me oh, help cool. me get the restoration Good. done. He said I have to only thing I have to do though is to bring the car over here to Junior Motorsports. So I've got to talk to Kelly and get through get it passed by her and all the other employees back there in the fab shop. I'm sure they'll love having it around. But the car's coming over here to stay for quite a while. And they're going to complete the entire process. Uh we've got a long list of things that I want to do to the car and uh to make it back to uh the way it needs to be. So that's the that's the uh that's where that eight uh eight Busker National car restoration stands today and we'll keep you updated yeah we're going to keep you updated because we got the perfect platform to do it with valvoline thank you valvoline for jumping on with us and uh just like uh, dale said earlier valvoline.com slash dale check out that website so dale last week we started a four-week series on navy seal john tummelson who was lost in an rpg attack on his chinook helicopter in 2011 and nationwide is running a special paint scheme on the number 88 chevy at the world 600 honoring tummelson so we are just getting to know him last week and talking with his sisters christy and joy we learned uh, about his childhood and how at 13 years old the dude knew he wanted to be a navy seal that's incredible this week we learned it wasn't so easy just getting that chance I think there's a lot of times John thought, I don't know how he put up with this kind of, you know, we're girls and sometimes I think he probably thought we were silly, but we went to all his taekwondo meets and, you know, I think we were always supportive and let me know, do you love me? Proud that he was our little... We called him, I remember we called him at Little S.A., which people thought was smart-ass, but it was stud alert. <laughs> so we'd always call him Little S.A., no one knew what it was. But. Oh my goodness. He was kind of a smart-ass, but... I want to go further, I'm not just a player. He enlisted in the Navy the summer before his senior year, so left pretty much right after high school graduation. So they told him in his papers, you go to basic training, and when you're done with basic training, we'll send you to BUDS. The Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL Training, or BUDS. Wasn't in his paperwork, but he didn't discover that until he got done with basic training and was like, all right, send me to BUDS. And they're like, you're not going to BUDS. So then he went to a school for communications because they told him, they said, okay, you want to be a SEAL, go get a communications job. That's a SEAL-ready job, and that'll give you the training that you need then to go to the SEAL teams busted his butt, did what he had to do, actually graduated top at A school, so he was the number one graduating student. 
I was frustrated for him because I knew it was his dream. Yeah, so I was disappointed, yeah, with him because you knew that's why he joined the Navy. You knew that's what he wanted to do and you wanted that for him. You knew how badly he wanted it. Just had the best attitude, like, okay, you know, wasn't mad, wasn't bitter, just all right, you're not going to let me go, so what do I got to do? So then... We are the Navy! We are the Navy! World's greatest Navy! World's greatest Navy! You have to go on one deployment. And so then he was on a ship, and so he went on one deployment. And so then basically, just like I said, roadblock after roadblock, and then about um, it was about the time to re-enlist. So his enlistment was up, and so he said, okay, I'll re-enlist, but you are going to send me to BUDS. And so, Four years later then, mm-hmm. after the deployment, now he's eligible to go to buds but even then he had um a ro- well he got it was eyesight he had eyesight issues like you have to have a certain eyesight because they don't want you wearing contacts because they do so much hot hand-to-hand combat and those types of things but somehow he got around i think they ended up then lifting the eye restriction or something Buds is actually one of the first phases of so it's like a year-long process and when you graduate from buds we were ignorant to this at first. We didn't know that you graduate buds. We thought you were a SEAL. Oh no, there's like a longer process. That's just the first phase of them weeding people out. And what is it only? So it's like 10% or 20% aren't make it. Well, he had 152, I think, in his class when they started and only 30 some was it? I think like 20. Graduated. Yeah. Debated? Uh-huh. Yeah. So just do buds. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hell week. So that's the hell week that you hear about that where they're sleep deprived and Well, so we had to buy our plane tickets. We wanted to all go out for graduation. So we had to buy our plane tickets for the Bud's graduation before we knew if he was going to actually graduate like from Bud's. Ahead. Yeah, it was. The last conversation before he went into Hell Week, because then they did kind of cut off communication. You didn't get to hear from him. And so Christy said to him, I have my plane ticket bought. So help me God, if you do <laughs> not make it through Bud's and I have spent this money on this plane, I'm going to be so mad at you. And what? so... Whatever you do, you did not ring that bell. So when he graduated, we said to him, did you ever want to quit? And he said, yeah, actually, he said there was a moment when he was out in a boat. And he'd only had a couple hours of sleep over a seven-day period. And he's like, there were brick walls. He said, not just I think I'm seeing a brick wall, like, there were brick walls. I mean, he was hallucinating. In the middle of an ocean. And he said he wanted to quit. He wanted to give up. And he heard Christie's voice saying, <laughs> so help me God, if you ring that bell and I bought my plane ticket, I'm going to be mad. And so he didn't quit. Incredible stuff. Well, we'll continue that next week. Christy and Joy came to North Carolina, guys, and selected the paint scheme. They chose the paint scheme that will be on Alex Bowman's 600 car. And, I mean, Nationwide's been doing this for years, Dale. You and I talked about it, how they run uh, during this Memorial Day race a lost service member uh, on the on the paint scheme. It's just incredible, right? Yeah, our sport's, um, you know, heavily involved in the military for years. We've met servicemen and women over the years uh, at, at the races, particularly in Charlotte, and uh, this is just a continuation of that. Nationwide is doing a great job. Awesome for Alex. Great for the family. I'm sure they're enjoying this experience and, and the honor that it brings. Yeah, thank you, Nationwide, for this, and uh, we'll keep it going next week. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White, White flag right there. White flag. So, everybody, when friends of the download win a race, we all win a race, right? I mean, when, when people, when listeners of the download win. So, that leads me to say congratulations to Ron Caps. 
avid listener of the Dale Jr. Download. Uh, I might have woken up my family after he won. Uh, I was so pumped. I was nervous for him. But, it, uh, you know, listen, he did eliminate our buddy John Force. Uh, in the second round, so we were conflicted a bit, but anyways. I think the coolest thing, I got a FaceTime call from his crew yeah. guys and his crew chief, totally. By, by the way, Dale, what has been the response this week of our John Force episode that, that, as far as your vantage point when people talking about it? It was huge. I mean, it's the biggest thing we've done yeah. to date yeah. at the, at this, uh, for this podcast. We, we received a ton of ratings and reviews this week, probably the most we've ever had in one week span. And it was all based off of the John Four. So obviously I'm not going to read all of them, but to anybody that rated and reviewed on our Apple podcast show page, thank you. We read them all. Here's a few of them. Uh, your mom. Oh, three says great show last week. I had no idea. Gary Busey was a race car driver. <laughs> That's awesome. We've seen a couple of Gary Busey, uh, uh, comparisons to force. JR 88 says John force being on the show was a great idea. I didn't know anything about him. Turns out he's a funny dude. So for me, this was by far the best Dell junior download to date. I would say this, the numbers themselves would suggest this was the best Dale junior download to date. We had never had any, you know, more people listen to one show than this one right here. So, uh, he's right on that. Uh, Colton Light says, I've been a fan of Dale since I watched my first race when I was a baby. Now I'm 15 and I'm missing many school assignments due to me listening to the show. Uh-oh. Do you have a response to that? I mean, I don't think that's what our intention is here. Yeah, for I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> he, I thought our show probably didn't take, didn't take up that much time. Well, the thing is, you don't have to listen. School assignments. To, yeah, you, you, that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about a podcast. You do it listen after you do Saturday. your school assignment. We can't get behind people missing school assignments, all right? We say this to uh, Schultz, our other producer on Door Bumper Clear, who's here. Uh, we're like, Schultz, don't miss school for the download or for the uh, for DBC. Um, as of this taping, which is Monday morning, which my understanding is that our TV show, I'm going to look over to my TV people here, that tomorrow night at 5 p.m. on NBC Sports Network, we will be seeing the Will Power episode uh, on TV. Not this one. That's at 5 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. And then again, the Will Power episode will re-air later in the week. This one will be airing just clips, I believe, on the YouTube channel for Motorsports on NBC. I think that's what the YouTube channel is called, Motorsports on NBC. And so that's where you'll find this one. Um, but, you know, it's so good. Sometimes they change their mind and say, hey, we get, this thing's got to be a TV show. So we'll, we'll keep you posted on our platforms, on our social media, Dirty Mo Media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, especially our YouTube people that know and follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel know that we put Dell Jr. Download stuff all week there. So uh, we'll keep you posted. I want to give shout-outs to our sponsors this week, returning partners Nationwide, Chevrolet, Ancestry, and ZipRecruiter, plus our new partner, Valvoline. You're going to be hearing a lot more of them in the next few months. Also, a big thanks to the fine folks at Cadence 13 for all they do for this program. Lastly, I think it's uh, fitting that we congratulate our new Hall of Fame member of the North Carolina <laughs> Sports <laughs> Hall of Fame, Dale Jr. We did that That's Friday funny. night induction, and so congratulations on that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It was a great, uh, it was a great honor. And uh, now that our odd history. Here we go. <laughs> odd history. All right. In 1952, Tim Flock won the modified sportsman race at Daytona Beach. All right. On the on the sandy course. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had his win taken away when NASCAR inspectors discovered his row bars. Mike, they were made of wood. <laughs> what? <laughs> ah. Oh, not, not man. Too, not too safe. Uh, the youngest of the racing Flock brothers had shown up to the track with no roll cage, and that was against the rules. So the Flock brothers and some crew members went to work and quickly made a roll cage in their car out of two-by-fours to enter the race. After taking the checkered flag, officials declared the wooden roll bars were illegal, 
And by the time this ruling was delivered, the news of Flock's win had already been sent out and reported by the news services. Mm. Rollbar's made of wood, man. That wouldn't have been too good in a rollover. God, no. No, no. I just let them keep it. I yeah. mean, if it's illegal, I mean, okay. Not only are you getting crushed, but you're getting splinters. <laughs> splinters. I didn't even think of that. Or, or maybe the errant nail coming around and Garrett getting a hold of you. Oh, and don't even get me started on termites. Jesus. <laughs> Damn Flock Brothers, monkeys and wooden roll cages. Have, have we ever had a DNF for termites? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is a great show. Uh, we had to do this. Uh, we had to work on the fly because with the rain out in Dover, Jimmy Johnson, who was scheduled to be on the download, could not be. Uh, but we had a we had a great show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Jimmy will be rescheduled for later this year. Yeah. Uh, until then, we'll see you next week. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.